Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, and whatever time you this, what you what you want to be welcomed at. Uh, it's me, Chris uh, Cinematronics. Uh, I am uh, hosting. Do you expect us to talk this week? Because um, I forgot what, what episode we're doing. What episode are we doing, Dave? <laughs> you see how well prepared I am. Let me let me help you. Well, we'll explain why we're so unprepared in minutes. Uh, this is episode. 96 of Do You Expect Us to Talk. This follows on directly from... Um, right, now I'm fucking unprepared. What, what does it follow on from? Right, It follows on from Rogue One, and at the end of Rogue One, we said that we'd return with The Empire Strikes Back, which turns out to have been complete bullshit. <laughs> Surprise! Te- technical actually... errors, technical errors. Yes. No, no. As I said, we're doing the uh, we're, do, we're basically doing a commentary for the world is not enough. Right. So, just to explain this slightly further, it's Chris's choice tonight. So I've chosen the world is not enough. <laughs> right. <laughs> and when we get to episode one hundred, it'll be my turn, and Chris has made a choice and announced that episode one hundred and one will be the world is not enough, which it won't be. <laughs> it will be Reservoir Dogs. From- <laughs> Probably. <laughs> we can only <laughs> hope, listeners. We can only hope. Right. <laughs> yeah. Charlie Brigden is indisposed tonight. We would never deny him the opportunity to comment. Yeah, by the way, we haven't disposed of him. <laughs> yeah, we haven't no, disposed he's, of him. he's otherwise indisposed. Yeah, he's using disposable. I say lasers. detaching the silencer from my... <laughs> Charlie's unavailable and we have to record tonight if we're going to get something out of the weekend and the thing is we've already recorded episode 97 so we can really we've cocked this up a bit right because we were going to record Empire right we were going to record Empire and then that had to be cancelled so we filled in and recorded pre-recorded episode 100 which is we don't want to announce what it is yet but that's that was like Chris's choice, and my choice was going to be next. So we get to the um, we get to the end of that episode and announce my choice, which was the world is not enough. The reason there were back to back commentaries was we were going to go straight from Star Wars: The Empire Strikes Back to our next series in order that we could hit episode one hundred as a Bond commentary, and all the plans have gone out of the window. So we've now recorded episode one hundred and announced incorrectly what episode 101 will be. We've then recorded 1997. Uh, Might just go and over it and go like... And then tonight, we've gone and recorded... We're going to record episode 96, which is not what we announced it was going to be. So twice we've announced The Empire Strikes Back, and it isn't. I, I hope you were taking notes, listeners, because I'm not fucking repeating that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and bear in mind, we've got, like, you know, Last Jedi to review when that finally comes out. So God knows what number that will be. Right. Now, The Empire Strikes Back, we still want to record it because we've announced it, but we're going to pair it with The Last Jedi when that comes out. But we don't know if we're recording it when it comes out or significantly after. So We could just do two birds and one stone, right, sort of do a commentary, but end up just talking about Last Jedi. So we've announced, we've announced episode 101 will be The World Is Not Enough. I've just told you it won't be. It will likely be Reservoir Dogs. But actually, given when it's likely to fall, it could well be the Empire Strikes Back. But we don't want to announce that because we keep fucking announcing it and it isn't. And it could be The Last Jedi. But anyway, now that's all clear, Chris. (laughs) So, um, 
Yeah, we are. Um, we're, we're doing um, my choice, which is Dave's choice, which is uh, the it's not my choice. Well, no, but uh, we're doing we're doing Chris's choice, which was for me to choose. <laughs> apparently. <laughs> Oh yeah, no, 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 this is gonna be a fun one anyway. I can tell. I can already tell. Because um, yeah, yeah I, could, mean, I, I mean, to be honest, this could, could get... be my choice. This could easily be my choice. I would have. Uh... I just know at the end of episodes now, Becca's gonna go a bit Ron Burgundy and use that slightly questioning tone when we announce what's next because we're not <laughs> we're not gonna say anything with any confidence. <laughs> this is why I'm like next is blah blah and I don't know what it is all of the episodes sure. all the episodes we said we were going to do we're going to do but just not in the it's order just, that we say we're going to do but them we're recording them all in the wrong order and what we're announcing at the end of the episode doesn't tend to be what comes next but everything we've said we're going to do uh, the total number of Bond commentaries so there was going to be one at the end of Star Trek and one leading into Tarantino with a gap in the middle and I can't remember we have announced it it's our avatar back to the future um, so they've both ha- they're both happening, but they're not happening where we thought they were happening. An Empire commentary is still going to happen. The Last Jedi is still going to happen. Everything is the same. We just look like twats, and I'm sorry. I mean, I'll be honest. I think uh, Suicide Squad was more uh, cohesive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just well, actually, actually, like it's more actually this is very this is very like um, Suicide Squad in that I've spent most of my time explaining what's happening after this podcast within the first 20 minutes of it. And Suicide Squad was in Act 3 within about 20 minutes, so (laughs) structurally, that's very appropriate. We're working our way backwards. It's got a beginning, middle, and end, but not necessarily in that order. Yes. Uh, Anyway, so shall we begin? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Are you ready, children? Well, we shall begin. So, oh yeah. By the way, I might as well announce. announce so, I'm joined, obviously, by uh, Mr. David Bond and uh, Miss uh, Rebecca Andrews. Oh, it's my turn to speak now, is it? Fuck. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Just in case anyone didn't know who the fuck you guys were. <laughs> oh God, we we have had torturous conversations tonight because all our plans have been thrown up, and I haven't quite calmed down yet. So, as you can see, it's coming out as, and then this happened, and then that happened. Well, you know. <laughs> What what's what's best to calm me down than the soothing Irish yeah, tones? A, a soothing pair of fake tits <laughs> of of Pierce Brosnan and his and his delivery of he's a slightly fake tit, but he's <laughs> that's not what's, what's wrong with his man boobs? They're voluptuous. Okay, well we is can it, enjoy those. Is this hairy chest that I'll be looking at? Oh my god, I'll get over it. Mine's better than that because it's just as hairy and has tits. <laughs> Best of both worlds. Lucky you, Dave. Lucky you. We're now we're now away from back to back Bond commentaries, which means we're back to the way this is meant to work. It's just all been announced in the wrong order. It's almost like it was meant to be. It is. But it it it, it is odd how we started uh, Back to the Future and that whole time. <laughs> I know. <laughs> we've already recorded that. It's yeah, like we've recorded it. We've recorded it. We're recording like sort of a couple of times in the future, and then yeah. <laughs> we've gone back on ourselves. And... And, and and just to keep verisimilitude, none of us have shagged our mums <laughs> yet. Well, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I don't plan to ever. <laughs> Give it if time, the, Becca. If Get the script, enough. if the script, <laughs> if the script demands it. <laughs> Well, anyway. we, you know, we, basically, we have we haven't luckily killed off either Christopher Lloyd or Michael J. Fox. So, touch wood. Give it time. Uh, so... 
<laughs> Give it time. Well, well, let's face it. It's not entirely infeasible. I mean, like you know, Michael, uh, Michael J. Fox has like got got a horrible illness, and yeah, we, uh, we've not had much luck with. Uh, and uh, how old is Christopher Lloyd? I mean, <laughs> Christopher Lloyd's about seventy-nine. Is, is he? he really? Yeah. No. Fucking hell, really? Well, what did you think he was in Back to the Future? Like twenty-six. No, I didn't. I thought no, I thought he was like sixty, he... seventy. I didn't realize he was nearly eighty. Oh my god. Yeah, but he would have been forty-seven, wouldn't he, on that? I know, logic, which I know. is about right. I, I thought it'd be yeah, older than it just doesn't yeah. look it, that's all. What is the secret? Staying so young. Well, you keep, anyway. keep time travelling, that's probably why. <laughs> probably time travel, yeah. yeah. Anyway, sorry, let's let's uh, let's carry on with uh oh, Bond Origins. Uh so we are, as ever, on Initiate Mission, the the home screen. Seeing Pierce Bosnan jumping down on some skis. And We're sliding across in with Cuba. a dodgy facial beard. When we say Pierce Brosnan jumping down, that was in sort of, you know, speech marks. Pierce yes. Brosnan jumping down. <laughs> do it, do it. Yeah, almost like the Roger Moore style of uh, action hero. Roger. Yeah. Oof. Okay, right. Are we all ready? Oof. Are we all ready? Yes. Okay, so uh, when I go, oof, press initiate mission. Okay? So, okay. Oof. One, two, and... Ooh! <laughs> that was fun. I hope you've got an empty house, Chris, otherwise you'll... <laughs> your folks will be like, what the hell, what's going on? <laughs> your mum coming in, is everything all right? I'm always impressed by the consistency of Leo the Lion's performance. Yes, he that does is a solid performance. same in every time. film, superb. Wow. Pierce gun barrel. Ciao. My favourite gun barrel. He he means business. What, what you, oh yeah, Piss your favourite at the the stance, isn't it? I'm doing it. Yeah, yeah it's, it's very upright. Like I, I like it, and I, I've always liked the way. A lot of people like laugh at his run in that, but I actually like the way Pierce Brosnan moves. No, he moves very. Is it, does it just um, is it the no nonsense about it? I think it's partly such a slim build, so he's got quite quite a lithe, athletic way of moving. <coughs> and um, I mean, when you look at Daniel. He's got like a no nonsense approach. But when you see him run, he he kicks his legs up too far at the back, and it looks a bit weird. It does look a bit strange, doesn't it? I mean, that scene like he runs through Whitehall looks a bit odd. When when Pierce moves, it's kind of more like a like a panther or something. He kind of goes for like um, a Sean Connery style, doesn't he? With the leg kicking up and. I bet as he was past that cigar, he thought, do you know, I can make a joke to Money Penny about sticking this in her twat later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's almost like sort of politicians and uh, sexual scandals, you know, you think, actually, what's actually changed since? <laughs> Apparently, Maria Grazia Cucinotta had to learn her language, learn her language, learn her lines phonetically because she couldn't speak English. Good job she didn't have that many lines. And <laughs> no, not from you. That's about it. That is literally her only line of dialogue. Literally, well, apart from George, take my figures, and then at the end, not from him. The only thing is, he's trying to look business-like, Pierce, and he does do a good job here. But it was a bit, um, it was a bit like he was sniffing his own fingers there for a moment. <laughs> bit smelly. Now, I, Patrick Malahide will be forever Chisholm in Minder, and that's getting a bit old as a reference now because he quit. Uh, he quit before. Um, 
the character of Ray Daly came into the, the show. So he hasn't played Chisholm since the 80s, but basically he was Arthur Daly's nemesis, wasn't he? He was like the police inspector that was always trying to put him away. I know about Minder, but I've never seen it. I would imagine it is extraordinarily dated now, but yeah. um, it was pretty good at the time. Well, no, I'm aware of the character and Arthur Daly and things like that, but I've just never sat down and watched an episode. I'm gonna help you. <laughs> what are you doing? Thing to be doing. He was also in um, Long Kiss Goodnight, wasn't he? Oh yeah, oh. so he was. Well, uh, yeah. Um, As Samuel L. Jackson, quite, <laughs> quite versatile. It's been not so thing. I cannot believe that originally they thought this was like acceptable as a pre-title because it was going to end here. I know, then it probably would have been the shortest pre-title. It would have been the shittest pre-title as well. Like, yeah. that'll do. Well, I think it would have been cool had they ended it, you know, he got out the window and he slid all the way down and, you know, that's, and it could have ended it there. I, I think that would be way too short. I mean, that that's their yeah, big stunt. I mean, to be fair, I mean... There was like a, a an extra scene when we had we had Renard and the cigar girl, uh, sort of meet afterwards, and you find out it's Renard with the sniper. So you find out earlier on that it's, that it is him. Um, but but also it's it you know it could be written in a way that I think okay well that'll do it's the action scene and when you see it as it is now I mean the the, the style is pretty standard and ordinary, so it would be disappointing. But imagine if you gave it to like someone who knew what they were doing, maybe a bit of visual flair, yeah. or, you know, or, or, or something, it may have worked better. It could yeah, have the, lo- the logic of hiring Michael Apted is, is sound, actually. What they wanted to do, and, and this approach to a Bond film is much... Forget the end result, because obviously, in my mind, this is much better than Die Another Day, but forget the end result just the whole style of bond film trying to put a bit more heart and emotion in it i like this more mm. i like this idea and michael Apton, but particularly given a lot of the actions done second unit anyway um and actually as a pre-title goes it's really good it's just it's just they it's now too long but originally it would have been too short in my view it would have just been like yeah, you've cut that before anything's really happened but let's just say let's let's just say if this was like uh, a Daniel Craig one, and it would have done a little bit more like uh, like a Quantum or a Casino Royale, where it's just a little bit like a more of a brutal, like a very fast paced but kind of brutal short, like short, short and sharp kind of post credit scene. It would have worked better, if you know what I mean. Yes. Yeah. Close, but no cigar. I can you imagine leaning into someone like that now at work. <laughs> Oh no, no, we're Close just chatting. It's, we're all about the business. Close but no cigar. I know exactly where to put that. Mm, I bet you do. So, Robert King, I'm meeting up with an old friend and I've just called him into the most secure building in the country. Because we could, yet. We're could, they, could they, Why does it have to be cash? Right? It's really bad. Because if he got his money back... I, we didn't see Bond carry all that back. I know he had a suitcase, but there seems to be more than that. And also, can't they just put it in their account and then wire it to him? Well, yeah, I mean, I think it's it wasn't as well known back then, was it? Or it was still kind of... 
most people dealt. I think I think what it is mo- most most people dealt with kind of like taking cash most out of the bank just... rather than wireless transfer money here and there all the time. Yeah. Um, so I think it was more for the sake of like it, it telegraphs the audience more write than like a, what... write him a check. Well, yeah. But and then that's he less cinematic, isn't it? Than a just big... to look at one little bit of paper. It, it, it's, it's, the, it's, it's the movie law. It's like, you know, seeing a big uh, briefcase full of money is more cinematic than, like, one scrap of paper typing the little, like, a few digits into the computer. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Oh, what's Pierce noticed here? Soapy. Mm, soapy gin. Didn't you rinse this out before you fucking poured a drink into <laughs> it? <this bitch? laughs> no. He's just, he didn't care, probably. So what's the thing? There was like a chemical on his. Yeah, they've soaked. The... Right, there's some. Oh, it's, kind oh, it's of on the money. Yeah, there's chemical in the money, and it's there's, also on the pin. Yeah, it's been you? soaked in some kind of fertilizer. There's also like a micro strip in it. There's a strip in it that reacts with the um, something in the pin, and because it's been soaked in fertilizer, it's extraordinarily um, flammable. You would think it would also stink of shit. Why are you giving me my money back smelling of poo? <laughs> you actually it looks like you've wiped your ass on this note. <laughs> I don't understand this actually at all. Oh, Why is she sat there what's she what's she trying to do? No, that's not good enough, Becky. You can't just say that. It's Bond, so therefore it makes no sense. It's Bond, therefore it makes perfect sense. If, if I was to give this film the benefit of doubt, I reckon she was probably there to she knew exactly where the area, where, where the explosion would happen because it's like where Robert King's is supposed to get killed. She, she could have been there to make to sure that he is dead. That's actually the best explanation I've ever heard for it, and one and I've like, never oh, heard shit, before. Oh shit! Oh, that, that guy Mate, went to kill yeah, there. So why is she pointing it there? Well, that's where the explanation has just gone because it's blown out there in that gap. That doesn't make sense. I withdraw my and, complaint. And the, and the fact that Bonzo was kind of like a happy accident. And the fact that oh shit, is that guy I was like that, that I'm still meant to kill. That, that, that would be, I mean, I'm not saying that's what they thought. They probably did think, like, yeah. and, that, and then... Do you know what? Dead, shoot bond, but... Whenever I look at that boat, particularly going round in circles and shit like that, and, and the flames coming at the back, I think, that'd be perfect with some fishing. <laughs> oh, and do you know what? You, All you could the fish torp- would just draw to it, wouldn't it? Yeah, and you could torpedo the fish if they're refusing <laughs> to play ball. <clears throat> It's a good action sequence, though. As much as I think it's too long and unbalances the film, it's really Pierce good. enjoy doing that, though. But it's it's like, really, really good fun. Apparently, really loved fun. it. Now, there's a lot of bullshit that comes out when they talk about what actors do and don't do. But apparently, Pierce got straight in it and was doing, like, fucking pretty much maximum speed. Yeah, he was doing all the, all the speeds, wasn't he? All the knots. Yeah. I mean, he didn't do all of it, but he was in that a fair bit, and he did, he did as much as they would let him. Even, including going under the water and straightening his tie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Should have put his tie on straight in the first place. To be fair, I don't see that as impressive. I see that as a man who refused to dress himself properly in the morning. Maybe Ken Branagh's Poirot got in touch with him and was like, "Could you straighten your tie?" Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Came in for about what, like eighteen years before. Yeah, eighteen years before. You straighten your tie. Yes. Cash as you do see in London, like a, a super-powered machine gun. Oh yeah. Okay. No one's going to argue with it. Nope. Yeah, that was good fun. I think JBR have been to that location as well. Pretty cool. Well, it's just London. It's not that glamorous. 
Oh no, we kind of we yeah, went to the point where literally. How did you find such them. a quiet outpost? <laughs> <laughs> well, we took the DLR, you know. Well, yeah, that, there, just just like a view to a kill, put the Eiffel Tower on the map. Mm, put the Millennium Dome on the map. Just think how awful that water would be splashing in his face. Oh, really yeah. bad. Yeah, it's quite polluted. I do love the music in this scene as well. Yeah, I do. It's good. It's quite. Like, when the soundtrack came out, I pretty much had it on repeat. It's interesting to see how much the, that landscape has changed as well, because a lot of the office blocks like, are now flats, or some of the offices aren't there anymore. You can see where they're going to build more flats here if you know. Mm, no, you can. There's a lot of. Um, like the long it does, yeah, anywhere you've got. It's always changing, map. always evolving. Oh, I died, I died. Oh, I'm eager to see what's actually matter as well. I've, I've just realised that, that that first opening scene with the bank is really re- is really redundant. The only, the only reason why it technically should still be in the film is so Renan could say, oh, yeah, it, it, it was me uh, making sure you, you know. Make sure you are still alive to take the money to King. So I was really yeah. the sniper. That's the yes. only reason why it technically should still be there because you can easily start the film with Bond taking the money to him. You just like okay. Yeah, they really kind of have a reason, really don't know, but oh, that's so exciting. <laughs> well, look, it's I'm not saying cut this bit out. I'm just saying, yeah. Yeah, they chopped out the scene there. Oh yeah, this guy's campers. Yeah, this is dated. This now. is dated horribly. There. Yeah, apparently didn't tell them that was going to happen. No, because the nation hated them, so we were like, yes, get in. Apparently uh, there's a scene involving Terry Bamber, which was cut here. Revolving who? Terry, Terry Bamber. Bamber. Who's he? He's he used to present a uh, university yeah. challenge. Oh, okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> so not Jeremy Paxson. Sorry, right? that was Paul Gascoigne. No, that's Joe, that was Paul Bamber Gascoigne. <laughs> No, um, he's been sort of unit um, unit director on many of the Bond films. If that um, was me, I'd have to go back and buy quite a lot of fish. I'd feel quite guilty. Mm, yeah, going back to buy it, yeah. Give some money to I'm, the I'm, I'm surprised like Bosnian didn't come out with yeah, a fish in his mouth. I hated that, yeah, I know, that it was quite close to that, particularly with the fucking clampers and oh, and all that. But this is cool. When they come out and reveal... No, I do the, like uh, this scene. This is pretty this, cool. Hey, the dome was a, was merely weeks away from flopping terribly at this point. That was, there was such a lot of money for that, and obviously the um, National Lottery ploughed quite a lot of it cost into that as well. Which, in the big scheme of public finances, is actually neither here nor there. No, but for something that was, it was only meant to last a year, wasn't it? It was only a day before it, I don't yeah. know what it was in between that and the O2. Um, it was just, I think it was a kind of a disuse for years. And then they took it over as a, as a, ven- as a venue. Um, Probably better used yeah. now, isn't it? It's like a yeah, big cinema of restaurants and a, um, arena, isn't it? Well, yeah. yeah, rather than walking around the insides of like a, a toy bowel. A giant tent. Obviously you could do ab ceiling up, up now, can't you? Which is pretty cool. Um, yeah, uh, they had to basically fit it with some sort of temporary roofing because it wasn't even finished when they shot this. No. But it would be, but it would have been finished by the time the film came out. Yeah, few months, so they had to just put some temporary stuff on it. Yeah, basically finish it, patch it up for the film. But no, I remember going it when it when it was the Millennium Dome. It was really interesting. Um, lots of interesting sculptures and art and things like that. But it was all a little bit. You have said you have said to us before though that it. Would, I think you said it was the answer to a question no one asked. Well, exactly, exactly. You just it said it, what you were effectively saying was it was lacking any kind of theme. Yeah, it was just for the millennium because it was the year 2000, and that was it. 
It was interesting enough, but a little bit... Mm, that was, that was Pierce's oof moment. Oof! Although the transition into the credits might be my... Or the titles That's might be cool, one yeah, of like my favourite of the whole series. Yeah, that's really cool. I like that. I love this. The way he drops to the floor in a minute. These titles are so pretty, aren't they? Yeah, uh, they're they're at their lands on his feet. They're limps away. They're yeah, at their prettiest at the start. The longer they go on, the blander they get. Oh yeah, it's all about the oil, so it's going to be lots of yeah. different colours. The, the closest to it is actually Spectre. Spectre is looks a bit like this in places. Mm. It's not. It's not one of my favourites, but I do like the transition into it. Yeah, this is the colour, really. Yeah. Hang on, those women are in the nip! (laughs) They're not all there. Covered in oil. That's that's probably why they took the clothes off. I think maybe this is what what inspired um, the death of the fields in a few years. Goldfinger uh, got that inspired that and the only reason it was oil was oil was the uh, MacGuffin of that film <laughs> or at least it was the it was the red herring anyway we thought it was about oil and it was actually about water um, I haven't listened to a lot of garbage but I know that um, I, I always felt she well, was you like need for- to sit on the radio to listen to garbage Dave <laughs> she was um, forcing her voice lower than it naturally went if that makes any sense it, it didn't sound quite right the way she sang it it's not a bad theme I, I, I feel like it I feel, certainly in, in in the whole run of the series it's kind of middling it's not bad but it's not the one one of the ones that offend me and I feel the same way about the titles in sort of Danny Kleinman's catalogue in the it's way better than most of the Morris Binder stuff because of the technology they've got but it's pretty middling in the Daniel Kleinman era, along with Spectre. It, it's not a standout like sort of Skyfall or Casino Royale or Goldeneye. Is um, is Skyfall your favourite one? I go back and forth on that actually, um, but yeah, I, th- I think it might be. Um, but I'm very fond of Casino Royales as well. Golden Eyes would, would be in there, but it is starting to date now. It feels a bit 90s music video. But, I mean, it was fantastic at the time. And uh, a but... bit of nostalgia as well because of the Russia backdrop, right? I just I felt that Skyfalls was the perfect perfect mix of innovation and classic because it, it brought back some of the shots of women we had in that reminded me of the early films, particularly that sort of cut forward in perspective. And the like, like, like the one staring down the uh, gun yeah, barrel. Exactly the, that shot. Yeah. That's the one I'm thinking of, and I, I know you noticed it as well. Yeah, I mean that that, um, that was that was my favourite part. Of that's it. a like... real classic Bond shot, isn't mm. it? And um, on top of that, um, the transition to it, where the hand reaches up to get him after he falls into the water, I think it's lovely and it's really thematically rich as well. Casino Royale is just really, really cool. That that's the you know. Mm. I, I don't. I don't really know which one I prefer. I, I tend towards Skyfalls, but having said that, when I watch Casinos Royales, it's at the start of a much better film, in my view, and it's also um, it's full of promise for the start of the Daniel Craig era. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So in some respects, I'd rather watch Casino Royales, but I think Skyfalls is better. If that makes sense, it's a, it's attached to the film itself rather than. Mm. Picture of Bernard Lee on the wall behind him there, or a painting, anyway. Yeah, nice, uh, nice memory. 
Michael Kitchen. Uh, and well, the female below. Kitchen wasn't available for Tomorrow Never Dies, so they put um, the Robinson character in, Colin Salmon. And, of course, they, they didn't know what to do for this film, so they, they sort of forced them both in. They squished them both in, definitely. Yeah, because there's no need for them both to be there. It's just they, they both played effectively the same role within the film in the previous two. We didn't have Villiers around then. Yeah, we don't see Villiers a lot anyway. No, only appeared in Casino Royale, as far as I know. Isn't isn't that him? No, he's he's not in For Your Eyes Only, is he? No. I know he's in the book. Oh, it might be somebody else, played by a different actor. I don't know. I, I don't really care. To be honest with you, I, I like all these characters existing, but because they've been so overdone in the last few years... I almost don't like to think about them now because I just want them minimised a bit more. Well, I'm not having it as Bond and friends, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What uh, Casual, having casual sex, just get what you want. Yeah. <laughs> Looks you have exceptional stamina. It, it, given, given he's heterosexual, it's quite handy. This is a woman, really, isn't it? Having <laughs> to do some fella just to get back out in the field. Well, it's a very much a Connery thing, isn't it? I've always thought of this as Roger Moore that he's you know he's half fucking them before they've even started. You know? I mean, well, well, Roger was kind of like they just show up and they just like shag for the sake of it. I, um, Connery well, was, yeah, was, was a lot more like kind of like hit, like hit hit on the hit hit on the staff or hit on like whoever was there just to kind of get his way. Like, you know, there, there was a little bit of ulterior motive with Connery. There was like, but there was like yeah, let's have some fun as well. Whereas Roger Moore was like. Oh, you uh you're, you're got here. A pulse. Well, let's fuck. <laughs> let's uh let's get let, it on. Let's uh-huh. let's take your panties off. <laughs> in that in that voice. Okay. Put down. Look at that great big monitor. Look at that great big monitor. Oh my god. Dead weeks after the film was released. Oh no, very sad. Beautiful new fishing boat. Like just that's Fucking bollocks! I just hate that as a line because it's, it's just that's not a fishing boat. You can imagine him like it's clearly not a fishing boat, is it? Clearly not. Why didn't they just have him say, you know, you ruined my last major project or something like that? Not I was going to go fucking fishing in it. That was going to be double nines or something. <laughs> yeah, not not they've let me build this five million you know pound boat and uh, they're going to let me take it you know away with me when I leave. Oh, I can gift wrap it. <laughs> I never understood this line anyway, half of it. I don't know what that means. It means shit writing. Yeah. <laughs> they can't think of a line and they've got to put a line in. So yeah. I like John Cleese. It, it, it basically means he's not that it's... funny. He's not as funny as he thinks he is. Yeah, no, I mean, it does have a meaning, but it's not a very good line. Mm. But, you know, I think we said it before, I think John Cleese is actually a really good replacement for a Q. Yeah, I mean, had they carried on, had there been, had Die Another Day been a better film and Brosnan done a fifth in 2004, had it been John Cleese, fine. He he wasn't a problem with Die Another Day, particularly. I think. And in fact, he played it very similar to Desmond anyway. Mm. I do love that Q scene. That's probably one of my favourite non-Desmond Llewellyn Q scenes. 
of the two also that have been... There's only one. Oh, well, yeah, see, that's funny, I, yeah. I, I don't... Well, then I was I Major Boudreaux, well, not Major Boudreaux, Desmond Wellen, but also Major Boudreaux, no, back in Doctor No. That's Dr. Much of Love, Dr. even. Doctor No, you've got the whole... Um, much of Love, I meant. Okay. No, you mean Doctor No. Yeah, I mean Doctor No, that's correct, yeah. Um, They've got the whole... I love that scene. They're, they're forcing him to take the gun, he doesn't want that. The Dying of the Day one, the problem I've got with that is it follows straight on from them walking out from where they've just stood amongst all the props. Yeah. I fucking hate it. A bit knobby. I, I don't like that scene at all, but he isn't a problem, no. This is really sad, isn't it? You're not retiring anytime soon. And he oh. wasn't. The whole point was no. he was going to come back. But then he died. Oh. Yeah, just have like R as his inevitable replacement when, whenever that time yeah. came, but... Yeah. I mean, it is almost insurance that if anything happens to him, you've already introduced his replacement. Oh, uh, but he died right after the film anyway, so by the time the uh, Dying of the Day came out, it wasn't particularly raw. You could just carry on with John Cleese. He'd been dead three years by the time the film came out. It, it, and also, that, that last shot was just really, like a really odd choice, because like, they, they say, like, oh, no, I'm not going anywhere. They announced what they were doing. Yeah. And then that last shot of him going down is very much like a. I think farewell. part of the problem, <laughs> the part of the pro- I didn't see him go down on Bond there, but um, <laughs> I, I, I think part of the problem is Bond isn't going anywhere at this point. He doesn't have an assignment. I mean, it, none of it makes sense the moment you think about it because Bond is up there. Why he's got no assignment? He sat on the briefing, in on the briefing. Why he's got no assignment? And it's all very well saying they didn't hand him the papers, but why is he even there? He then goes to like Q to get a load of like stuff shown to him, and it's like, well, why you don't have an assignment? I... And they can't have him walk out of the room because he's not leaving the room to head to like Austria or something. He's staying in that very building. So they've almost got to, unless they just finish it with them awkwardly looking at each other, you've almost got to have Desmond be the one disappear. And also, exchange rates change every day, so that's bullshit. The chances of it coming up at bang on five million pounds. <laughs> and also now, that would be more like 3.1 million pounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't aware you had an assignment on this case. Well, why did you drag me to Scotland then, you fucking senile bitch? <laughs> I, I, well, they just had a funeral there, haven't they? Was it there? Um, I don't know, actually. Perhaps because it was. I, 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 I guess the reasoning is Bond want, wanted, wanted to go because, you know, he he was involved. So that's why he was involved in the in the briefing, because he was involved in what, what happened, though he is not been given any any assignments to from that but Bond feels like he has to because he feels like a responsibility that's if I was being fair I, know. Film, I, would... I mean I, I know it's the secret service but I don't tend to attend meetings that have nothing to do with me if I can avoid it yeah <laughs> but there you go because <laughs> they're dull but this is movie long day <laughs> yeah, it's alright I don't want to be too critical actually because I like this film but you, you can pit, pit quite a lot of holes in it even before it gets to the part you would consider bad. But I love having a picture. I always call him Bernard. I don't know why. I think it's Bernard. But yeah, Bernard Lee on the wall. I love that painting. It's quite nice. I miss the days of trying to force a clip of Bernard Lee into the start of every show. Chris writing to us when he was editing and saying, which clip do you want? And me just saying, Bernard Lee. 
I'm surprised you just didn't do it anyway when I know you're out in it. Yeah. I know, but... Just, just, just a random clip of like, him in, like, in, the, in the third man or something like that. Rest of our talks. This is not a personal vendetta, double <laughs> It's always bloody personal. It is fucking lately. Oh, this is, this is going to be awesome. Look, you can see he's got brain damage, right? And it turns out all of his um, all of his like feelings are being switched off, so he's not going to feel pain. I bet they make a tremendous use of that. He's going to be one of the great Bond villains. I can tell. So wasted, so wasted. I hope he puts his hand through a table and then like ha- has sex where he can't feel anything. This is probably one of the biggest MacGuffins ever, isn't it? Because it turns out it's all about her. And and it's a great actor as well. I know what a waste. Yeah. Well, not always. It's still a great performance, but it's just like, hmm. It's, it's an okay performance, I mean, but I could never say anything nasty because he wasn't given anything to work with, really. No. And when they finally unleashed this amazing skill, what does he do? Put his hand through a table. That's yeah, it. rubbish. And, and my God, he can't feel that he's got a splinter in his hand. So they could have gone, like, really sort of... Because there was, like... A tragic side to him as well because of the fact that he is in love with Electra, but it could have made him a bit more like evil and a bit more kind of like brutal, like just really c- could not give a fuck, like kill it, killing it, people. None of it makes any sense because um, the whole point is um, it's supposed to suggest that she's got Stockholm syndrome, but it turns out she's been playing him all along anyway. Mm. And it's like, who's supposed to be playing who here? It doesn't actually really make a lot of sense at all. No. But th- this was a wonderful setup. I thought this is going to be good. I like his reaction there. I know you have exceptional stamina. And he's like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's like, hey! I didn't give him a hand job. I sucked him off. <laughs> it was full on penetration. <laughs> yeah, it was full on penetration. <laughs> or, or whatever that word Chris just said was. Yes. I can't even repeat it. Penetration starring Edward Snowden. <laughs> Don't frighten Don't her. Try. I'm not frighten her. Yeah. Oh, fuck it. And then, like, later in the film, he, he goes to her now, and it's like, you know, telling her there's, like, a threat on her life, and, and he's got to watch her, because who knows what's going to happen and all the rest of it. And then, like, when he fucks off later, it's like, you'll be safe here. And it's like, how? You don't know who's after her. Or you know it's Renard, but you don't know who's working for Renard. And I remember being really disappointed by that, just as a setting, because I thought, what a fucking ugly setting for a Bond film. Azerbaijan. Yeah. Well, I don't know about Azerbaijan generally. I mean, they hold a Grand Prix in Baku, and it looks quite an interesting place, but um, just that... It's Black Park, I imagine. (laughs) Yeah. No, it's probably Azerbaijan. No, it's quite possibly is Becca. Wonder if they'll use that again. What those blades? Azerbaijan. Yeah, on, on on a on a helicopter. Wonder if they'll. That'd be quite good. Oh. I'd like a sort of helicopter-based villain. That'd be really cool. A what helicopter-based villain? Villain, what? yeah. What, like he's got a layer in his helicopter. Oh no, or just some kind of you know. <laughs> he's got a pair of like a, a <laughs> propels on top of his head, like expect the gadget. He's Things we never see in a Bond film. 
Um, or just like goons in a helicopter, you know, chasing them down. That'd be pretty cool. We've seen yeah, all we'd like time, to see. Sorry. He had a fight with one in a helicopter in the last film. I mean, I mean, yeah, that wasn't very it, good. It's, it's, like it's like it's, it's, a chase between a car and it's a chopper. It's the, the opening sequence to um, for you to a kill. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. And 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 the spiral of me, you know, he got chased by a. Yo. The, the the girl in the helicopter, didn't he? And then he went in the submarine. What? Oh dear, he did, did. And then uh, so we had to say well, goodbye to still an uninvited guest. Oh, those feathers are just still going to fly. Oh, Caroline Monroe, she's really cool. Not then, I will tell you, we have lost this pipeline. Yeah, she she's a good Bond girl. And such a good idea to make it a villain. Spoiler alert, by the way. The purple one is safe for yours. Yeah. I don't know what he's saying. Oh, it's on my jelly dude. <laughs> when he kept popping up in films. Yeah. Because he's in the mummy as well that year. He was everywhere, wasn't he? Oh, I remember when they put put Bond Bond in like suits that fitted him? Mm. No, it looks nice. They probably put the very same one on Daniel, but Daniel's like way fucking bigger. <laughs> He's a bit more stocked, isn't he? He is, yeah. But much broader, yeah. Piers Brosnan's actually very with, slight. Problem with um Yeah, I think the problem with Daniel Craig is just they try to make him look a bit like a hipster as well, which doesn't quite help. Just in terms of like having them really tight trousers, and it's like, hmm. You can see double O and seven in those. <laughs> I, remember, I remember that line from Friends. <laughs> My Chandler had like Pierce Brosnan suit or something, yeah. <laughs> but it didn't fit him because you could see double O and seven in them. Yeah. That was a good sitcom, Friends. Yeah, it's dated worse than say Frasier, which was around the same time. But it's um, yeah, it was good. I think still, Frasier's still watchable. I think Frasier's yeah. brilliant. That's what I mean. It's oh, dated. Right. Another Frasier, that was a brilliant show. Let's paint everything. Let's spell everything out to us. Look at my pipeline. Look exactly where it goes. I mean, funnily enough, this is this kind of like works as a typical Bond film. Bond film because normally the bo- uh, Bond would be introduced to the villain at this point anyway. But this time we just presented it as the Bond girl. Possibly, possibly it might be a bit early for meeting the main villain normally. Well, yeah, I suppose he would be actually. I'm yeah, in, in, in the traditional the old school sense, you know, where like Roger yeah. I mean, Moore. if you think if you think of when he would have met Max Zorin, it would probably would have been or Drax. Yeah, yeah. No, I'll, I'll go along with that. Yeah, fair enough. Quite very fairly late night one. No, the, yeah, yeah. Introduce the villain first. It's like you know, it's like like Clumbo. Like I still think the a first person you meet. It's really, really late, but that that's one film out of all of them. To be fair, I'm I'm trying to think of other examples now. I mean, um, obviously not Doctor No, but that was the first one, or For Russia because that was uh, Goldfinger. Uh, Goldfinger, he well, he meets him very early, actually. Yeah. 
Or he um, talks to him. He doesn't meet him face to face for a little while, but he does talk to him early. Not sure about Thunderball though. Can't remember when he meets Largo. Becca, when does he meet Largo in Thunderball? Mm, halfway through. I think it's early in that. But... No, it's quite early on, isn't it? Because there's a gambling scene. I thought there was a gambling scene, but I can't remember when it is. Yeah. No, no, although it's, it's not early in the film because you have all the stuff at the uh, health farm, don't you? That's right. Yeah, so that, that, that's yeah. why. Once yeah. you get off to sh- past Shrublands. Obviously, um, yeah. you're in it twice, it's not the case. But I suppose mm. you still have the the secondary yeah, villains. The end, yes. Yeah, yeah so you both so... are quite late in that film. No, uh, you only live twice, you don't. Oh, no, not you only live twice, no. I think you have a different film. Um, and then... Yeah, it's not always the case, is it? Because obviously with Blofeld, he's always interested later on, especially in... Um, and then on the marriage season, it's not that's not the case. Uh, and Diamonds isn't the case. So my theory is literally he's like failing. We, like we see him quite really early on in Diamonds. <clears throat> yeah, but is that him? That's it, we yeah. don't know. Yeah, but he doesn't get introduced to... Oh, yeah, yeah, I suppose. Welcome to Hope, Blofeld. Yeah, but I, I suppose it doesn't, still doesn't count because it's in the pre-title. I love the ski scene. That's amazing. Chris just making up his own rules there. <laughs> well, it doesn't. Well, no, it's if, not, no, if we haven't heard anyone, you usually sing. have the pre-title, okay. and then like, then like Bond gets his mission, and then literally stri- next scene after that, he's in- being introduced to the villain, more or less. Well, I love the idea that he doesn't can. <laughs> well, it doesn't. See, yeah, you see the villain early it, in that film. It... Oh yeah, but it's too early. <laughs> I quite like the costume design in this film. I think they dress Pierce very well, so, uh, generally speaking. He's got some quite nice suits and stuff in this film. It was probably my favourite of his, of his BMWs as well. So, yeah, I, I kind of like the look of this film. It was just early on when he was driving through Azerbaijan. I was thinking, that ain't very nice. A lot of people hate this action sequence. I don't mind it at all. No, I don't mind it. I mean, it looks very stagey, but... The only thing was there where they cut in on Pierce, where he jumps out, he jumps up and the flame goes off behind him. And then we've got a cut in on a close-up to prove it's Pierce, which it isn't, obviously, and him going, you know, hello! <laughs> what those... In reality, wouldn't you just get like a helicopter or something, or like a sniper? Wouldn't that just be a lot easier thing to do? Shot, they should have shot him rather, rather than I don't know what they're trying to do. Scoop him up? Who fucking knows? I mean, it I, goes I, I, a I, bit I, long I forget, for me. I, I will reason, say that. Yeah, I forget the reason for this attacking it because you know they're all meant to be with Electra, or is this kind of Renard going? I don't really know. I'd have to think about that. I suspect it is just um, uh, it's just throwing Bond off the scent. He's he's actually there to see um, Electra attacked. Yes. Or just kill him. <laughs> Ah. 
that's the thing. We get a lot of that in the Pierce Brosnan era. It's like in Goldeneye, they fucking knock their nuts off in the pre-title to try and kill him. And the only way that plot works is if he does get away. That's a lame line. I know. Most of the lines in it are quite lame. That's kind the of Brosnan, The thing is, Brosnan's quite a charming guy and he should be able to do light comedy really well, but the none, virtually none of the humour in his ear is any good. I'm right. sure if I thought about it, there's some good lines. If I thought about it, there probably are. So I don't want to write the whole thing off. But by and large, when I think about the Brosnan era, I think of some of the worst quips I can think of. I think it, it was at a time where it was just for the sake of having a quip, uh, a quip rather than like thinking about, about the quality of it. Yeah, if you know what I mean. He so has like, to so, say so when yeah. they were th- when at the time they were doing these Bond films, they were like thinking, right, after have to have that scene. After it's like it was almost like a checklist. When they were, it's where... almost how we ended up with. I've always thought that about Die Another Day, where Gris, where uh, Gustav Grave says um, global warming is a terrible thing, which is a really really poor line. But it's always struck me as a line you write in, in like a first draft, almost to remind you to put a line there. It's like, well, I'll put that in there for now. Uh, I can't think of anything else. I'll put that in there for now. And we'll come back and, and try and think of something better. And, like, they never got round to it. And there's a lot of that in the Brosnan era. But, like, well, that'll do. And it never looks like Brosnan... You know, you never know who he's talking to, either. Mm. Uh, I don't know. It's weird. Now, do you think she's generally scared there? I think it's like she's putting it on. I think she's putting it on. I could be convinced differently. I could be convinced differently, but I think she's putting it on. Well, she could be like sort of part part terrified, but kind of like overdoing it a little bit. I think the whole point is she needs she needs Bond's trust. She needs to throw MI6 off the scent. So she needs that moment where he sort of you know, look into my eyes. Look into my eyes, not around the eyes. No. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Um, she needs to bond with him emotionally. She needs him to fall a bit for her. She needs to bond and, with Bond. Yeah. Well, later in the... It's not very well written, because later in the film, she's absolutely convinced that no man can resist her and no one can kill her. And that's not actually set up in the plot very well at all. But I can see where maybe they're trying to do it. She needs... She is convinced she can make Bond love her, and she has to make him love her. And during that process, she falls a bit for him as well, actually, I think. Some of that reminds me in set design of Moonraker. Mm. Are you there, Becca? I am, indeed. I'm paying attention to the film, sorry. Stop see, it. See, Pay no attention. Just, Ignore it. Yes, Look boss. the other way. Yes, <laughs> see, just, talk, just um. talking about like her motives just makes me think, oh, this, this could have been such an exceptional Bond film. I think the problem with it is, is I, I don't think Pierce Brosnan's take on Bond is aging very well but he was kind of at his peak in the role here it's the best he ever looked for me I mean you, you could argue about Tomorrow Never Dies versus this but it was as good as he ever looked in the role with the exception of a couple of scenes and we'll take the piss out of them later he's pretty good in the role in this film and the best I don't want Bond to fall in love in every film but the ones where Bond genuinely develops a proper emotional connection with, with the lady, the rare occasions that happens, 
and even there, I can't do this. I, I mustn't take this risk. He's feeling something already. And those tend to be the best films. And you can just see the promise. And as someone whose favorite film, in my case, is Honor Majesty's Secret Service, but it works if your favorite film's Casino Royale as well. To see it with so much promise, because it isn't even like Spectre, where they just tell us they're in love but never prove it. Yeah. This film sort of proves it a bit. I mean, Blofeld basically sort of says on paper, "You are, you, you're, she's the perfect woman for you." It's like, well, yeah, we're on paper. Yes. Yeah, you've ju- yeah, you've just described the script writing process. <laughs> but the point is, Spectre never sold it, and I, I don't hate Spectre. I, I must reiterate that I hate things about it. But the major thing was, he drives off with her at the end, and you're like, well. I think she's lovely, Leia Seydoux, but what in the story convinced me she was the special one? In this film, I've never the slightest doubt he falls for her. This is one of the three or four times in the series Bond falls in love, and I'm convinced by it. Yeah. I mean, I think I think, I think what's also... I mean, talking about him today, like, the, um, the cheer fact that she makes him... She, she actually persuades Bond is almost like a faulting of him. And it's almost like it's like a portrayal of him as well. It's like it could be a very interesting idea for him to be to, to face that and to almost be tricked in love. I still think it's better than the public's perception of it or the Bond fan mm. community's perception of it in that it gets ranked right down the bottom. And my gut feeling is it sort of belongs somewhere in the middle. But the fact is the bits it gets wrong, it gets really, really wrong. Some of the worst bits of this film are some of the worst bits of the series. It's just, for me, it is balanced by the fact that... I mean, Pierce Brosnan never had any chemistry with his leading ladies, and he had some with her, and she's great. And, and I often talk about the, the bond we're introduced to in these films. I know they vary, but the sort of woman he would fall for. And it isn't Denise Richards, but it definitely is Sophie Marceau. Bond would fall for a Sophie Marceau. Mm. So it's wasted. It's a real shame. I'll tell you what, you couldn't do that scene in the current climate, could you? Bond to going around and, and looking at women's underwear and stuff. <laughs> no. Well, because it's a, PG, it's a PG-13. He's basically... It's a good job it's not bra-proof. It's not see-through bra. <laughs> well, I think, I think the point is we're supposed to almost read that because there are shots where he's looking at things we can't see. And they wouldn't all be wearing bras and things like that. So you, I don't think you could do that in the current climate. Bond will always be a bit of a pussy hand, but I don't think you can... You can't have it as quite as on the nose as that now, I don't think. Uh, Mr. Bullion. He does not trust Banks. <laughs> really? Really? Who does these days? Well, that's very true. <laughs> I think I'm a little bit behind you guys. Never mind. Ah, oh, well, doesn't matter. How's that hand? I don't know. I literally, I pressed play when you went. Right, like, which? Mind what, you, it's what, a long noise. What? What are you watching Oof. now? What is? Go by time. Because yeah, well, no, we, go we, by we, time. What time are you on? Uh, I'll find out. Hold on. Oh, 45, 30, 31, 32. Yeah. You're yep. one second behind. Literally, one, you're one second behind. 40, 36, 37, yeah. 38. Yeah, you're fine. Close enough.
Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm just behind talking about it. <laughs> so, so you completely different attitude towards Bond than you did in Goldeneye. What we call training here? It's like Bond, James Bond, my good friend. Yeah, the guy who, in the previous film, it was the guy who ruined his life because he's in pain every morning. Yeah, my knee aches. Which more or less every day in Russia. She does look stunning, actually. Yeah, particularly something about on the big screen as well. Cinematically, that was like that. That she looked phenomenal in that dress on the big screen. Um, and that was another thing. I mean, even if Denise Richards had been the best fucking actress in the world, it just felt like such a betrayal of what they built up, because Bond in this era had to finish the film romancing a lady. And it was just like, no, don't just cram another fucking woman into this. You don't need it. With a lame joke as well. Yeah. It almost felt like um, they had to have it in just so... They they thought of that sort of, oh, that's a clever line. Yeah, we'll have to... Let's call her Christmas then. <laughs> you know, it's like... Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, they didn't have like the strength of their convictions to kind of... It's just Do don't a... call it that. Yeah, they, they, you know, you've got a quite a serious uh, emotional film uh, with a Roger Moore era kind of naming convention and joke in it. You know, it's just shit. No point living if you can't feel, feel alive. alive. I'm sure Pierce will echo <laughs> that. Now this made me laugh. I've got to interrupt there. Look behind them. That is Michael G. Wilson's cameo. And it's it the worst decision on what to play as a cameo because you got some real hard fucking looking bastard next to him and then a middle-aged dweeb. <laughs> it doesn't look <laughs> right. And once you notice it, you can't unnotice it. No, you cannot unsee. Not a very good cameo. Please. I don't know if we'll get to see it again, but it was like, why would you put him there? I too like to live dangerously. <laughs> <Just> five. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I suggest you can stir. <laughs> I'll oh, stay. You sort of miss it there, but yeah, there's a period where they stood just inside the door, and it was like they, they're such mismatched security. But uh, just to just uh, pick up from uh, what you're saying about Ike, it was um, it really undermines the film. I, you know, I, I do think they should have had the balls. I mean, we we can we can say that now, but honestly, I think it had they gone through with it let's just say they've gone through like a darker tone and tried to do like a man uh, like a majesty's esque film i think we'd have loved it now um but i think at the time i think the reviews would have slayed it i generally think it would have like it might have almost like sort of damaged the series in terms of in terms of its initial reception, I think I think the critics would have like gone, you know, trying to do a Majesties. Come on, yeah, this is not how to end a Bond film, blah blah blah. No, okay, okay. Uh, I'm, well, not saying, I'm not saying I'm not saying by because I remember uh, this film came out. It was fairly well received at the time. Rotten Tomatoes doesn't bear that out now, but then of course people weren't immediately looking at that aggregator. So, in some respects, the fact that the reviews worldwide weren't as strong as I might remember is almost irrelevant in that, like, in a lot of fairly major publications, this was well regarded. And I remember reading an article about saying, well, where do they go from here? Because Pierce Brosnan's, you know, the best Bond since Connery, etc. And they've just done this really popular film, but he isn't getting any younger. 
and they were saying about potentially the potential for remaking old Bond films, which is a stupid idea and one that it really isn't worth discussing because I'll never do it per se. But they were suggesting that like uh, Honor Majesty's Secret Service had been reappraised as a great film but hadn't been that successful and a lot of the general public didn't know it that well so perhaps it would be an idea if he remade that so there's no doubt by the end of the sort of decade the end of the century um it was already being re-regarded as one of the best films in the series but almost like a secret amongst the, the general public didn't know about it but you know that, that that's the funny thing about like Sometimes with criticism, they tend to, it tends to sort of go on a uh, what's the popular thing to say rather than like think outside the box and think about how good a film is in its own right. You know, I, I just think sometimes things change over time. I mean, Quantum of Solace has been very heavily reappraised, but I think an awful lot of that is because you're seeing it on a smaller screen. A lot of Quantum of Solace's problem was it doesn't work on the big screen. It, it's quite difficult to watch. Yeah, it's quite tough. She loves mm. her ice, doesn't she? She loves her ice. She does. And he's going to take her in the ice hole. <laughs> I don't know if Sophie Marceau does a lot of English language stuff now. I, I don't. I, I think she should have been a major star in this you know in in english language had she it had she wanted to be of course mm. i don't think she's probably happy just making french films really yeah i mean i, I it, it, it there don't tend to be many um foreign uh, foreign actresses who break out in, in hollywood generally speaking they tend to sort of like sort of keep her in the keep her in like do like french films or Spanish or whatever. I mean, it's not. It's only really like it, you know, if, unless you're like Australian, because there's not really much market. So you tend to sort of go to America. Um, there's not. There's, it's not really a big market for Australian films, really, is there? Uh, no, I don't. Maybe yeah. in theatre, but I don't know. Um, You've lost me completely, Chris. Honestly, we were talking about a French actress, and you went on to the Australian film market and how there isn't much. There isn't much of a market. It's my mind sometimes. My mind just goes like. I love the fact you said there's not much of a market for Australian films, are there? Except perhaps in theatre. So how does that work? People. No, I mean Broadway, like sort of like you know, theatre stage productions. Gotcha. But yeah, just just looking at Sophie Marceau's filmography, I think this is pretty much. Apart from this, um, obviously, um, oh god, yeah, Anna Karenina. Um, what else? Miss Summer Night's Dream. That was a good adaptation. Uh, Braveheart. That was it. I think that was like a, her brief foray into Summer Night's Dream. Yeah, I think it would have been Braveheart. Yeah, but seriously, in terms of Shakespeare adaptations, Miss Summer Night's Dream. That's a really good adaptation. Check it out, listeners. Or, or like, don't if you can't be asked. Oh. Remember when well, all I don't, I don't think like they're that. a cultured bunch. Yeah, but they're not, are they? They tune in hoping I say cunt a lot or something Ken like that. Ken Mirza might be. <laughs> Why are you singling out Ken? Oh, it's because he likes bourbons. He's clearly a connoisseur. Well, exactly. Yeah. I know Ken will understand. 
Bourbons. <laughs> All right, we got the point. Move on. So, so, so this guy's shot um, his colleague, who now he has to pretend that he's that guy, and now Bond's yeah. going to kill him and pretend that he's the guy who is pretending to be the other guy. Fuck knows. <laughs> But he's he's infiltrated. Actually, as, he's infiltrated as much as, his leader. That's where I first started thinking. Oh, I'm not sure about this. The film's starting to struggle. But actually, we're getting very close to Denise, Denise Richards anyway. Now we got the bit on the, the the plane and all the rest of it, where he cuts up his universal exports card in order to make a pass, um, to get into wherever it is they're going. But, um, but it's um. It's still not. It's we're not very close from Denise Richards. It's only two or three minutes away, and the film really, really takes a massive dose. But really, when you watch it back, as much as Denise Richards is emblematic of it, the film actually collapses after he leaves Electra to go on this little fucking caper. It's from here on the film's not really any good. Ooh. But that that's fifty three, fifty four minutes of the film that I thought was pretty good with flaws. See, if you were trying to hide the fact you just killed someone, I think burial puns isn't the way to go. No, a bit dodgy. I shot him. I mean, he's buried with work or something. <laughs> <laughs> he was dead, tired. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's he done that one already. Emphasis on dead as well. Raise your eyebrows. <laughs> dead. Well. He was dead. Did that already in, in uh, Thunderball. Dead to the world. No, but it's in Commando, isn't it? <laughs> well, Arnie's quips are very similar, actually. Starring John Matrix. Do you know, calling you know his character in Commando John Matrix is the same mentality that leads to men having like fucking ma- really, really masculine-sounding razors like Fusion. <laughs> like grow up I quite like Commando but John Matrix have a fucking word with yourself it, it, yeah but it, you know the film itself is a um, is like a, a comic book in, in a way it's not like you know it is a an embellishment you know because like no like Arnie's like like a super super powered human really yeah. No, no one can literally do the things he does in that film, you know. Like we, 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 stupid lines like saying like, "What you think I can smell? Smell them coming? I did." You know, it's like, uh, what, you literally just sensed him, like. Oh, yeah, I know. It's, it's pretty bad. But great. But anyway, I'm, I'm, the casting's been quite good in this film so far, so I, I'm, I'm quite confident that whatever we see now is going to be great. <laughs> So it's a nuclear scientist, okay, so it's going to be someone with a few years on the clock, quite intelligent, bearing to them, quite serious and sober and about the work. Yeah. Someone, yeah. someone like um, Amy Adams, you know, someone who's attractive. Yeah, it can but, but... easily be an attractive woman, but so a few years and, and I mean, quite it, it, Actually, Jessica Chastain, who's stunning. Well, if you were doing, if you were doing it, it now, yeah. I mean, she, I mean, she could easily play, like, blonde bimbo. Very easily, but also is 
plays really smart scientist lady. Anyway, no, we, a nuclear scientist, they're not going to get this wrong. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, as long as they don't go all like fucking Lara Croft. Oh. <laughs> she might oh. be really good at it, Dave. You never know. Oh, no, it should be all right. I'm sure she's all about the work. No. Oh, God. Her hips are knocking people out either side. And you are. I didn't didn't realise she was that short. No, he's just very tall. Well, he's only, he's he's what, six foot one, most of the Bonds are, so what would that make her looking at that? Five foot six, Mm -hmm. something like that? Five, six, oh, seven. Also, it's quite a rocky environment they're in, so. What, so she could just be, he could be stood on a big rock. Maybe. And around on it. I'll look her up. I'm going to look her up. I, <laughs> Google image search with the word pits after it, just just so I might accidentally nap. I'll look up. I'm looking up um, her IMDb. Um, www.imdb.com. So, I mean, to, to be fair on Denise Richards, she does, like, try. She does, you know, she doesn't, like, sort of... Well, uh, you wouldn't turn this down, would you? She, I said five foot six, and she is. That was a that was a bit of luck, really. But she's five foot six. Yeah. Well, oh, I mean, it says here she's divorced from Charlie Sheen. I oh, really? That, I thought that would work. <laughs> Actually, if you were just off the point very quickly, she wrote a. She took part in this like big deposition when she was divorcing Charlie Sheen on his behaviour during the marriage and that went that that is online and it's horrible what in what in terms of what what he oh, yeah in terms what, yeah. of his behaviour just kind of creepy as well was the, was that in the tiger blood um, era or was that before I think that was kind of after but um yeah, she said he, he just. I mean, I mean, he watched pornography, which was one thing, but apparently he was obsessed with it, and a lot of it was like very, very young people. Um, and just some of the things she said about his behaviour, I've forgotten a lot of the details, but it's a lengthy deposition, and I did read it all one day because it's one of those things that you start reading and you just can't stop. It's just like fucking hell. Mm-hmm. Um, although this predates all of that, obviously. Did you hear the, the accusation about him and uh, Corey Hain? I did. Um, I don't really know what to make of that. I, at the, I'm at the stage now, and it, I, it's slightly unfair to Charlie Sheen because you could accuse him of anything, and in some respects, he can't literally have done everything. But at the same time, there's nothing about him I wouldn't believe at this point. Mm-hmm. And yet you you hear examples of extraordinary kindness from him. He's a very complex individual. You know, almost George Michael-like. And you know how you read stories about George Michael paying off like people's debts without them knowing and things like mm-hmm. that? Charlie Sheen's a bit like that. Charlie Sheen's done an awful lot of that stuff. And then you see horrendous behavior and relationships and so on. Is it possible Charlie Sheen did it? It's possible. But unfortunately, Corey, Corey Haim's not around. Yeah, but if that sort of thing did happen, then it throws into sharp relief that guy having troubles all the way through his life and dying young. 
well, it's like part of it. It's like Corey Feldman, isn't it? He keeps, you know, spewing. Uh, well, he wants to make a film now, doesn't he? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, you know, I, I see these things when they come up. I don't mm. sort of chase this information, to be honest. Uh, but yeah, I did see that. I don't normally like killing an unarmed man. Ugly bits. No, you're not. You're Bond. You're Bond. You do it quite often. It's your job. Fuck off. I mean, you literally did it like a few hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he's, he's rethought his life since then. <laughs> he's had a major, major rethink. It's not worth living if you can't feel alive. <laughs> you knew everything about my shoulder. You had to hurt shoulder. me. Shoulder? Exactly. You hurt me. <laughs> Are you turning into Tim Dalton now with the Welsh accent? You burnt me. Well, that's, that's the next film. <laughs> that was a good one. Oh, give me squinty eyes. The other thing Where's is, it? not only do I get more Welsh during that, but the you burn me bit gets more sensual every time, and I'm sure that's <laughs> not way to talk to M. Very sexy. Is that a chat up line for you? You burn me. Oh, cock. <laughs> my ring of fire. Oh, my God. Oh, pain face. Oh, pain oh. face. <laughs> oh, I've missed pain face. He's so bad at that. Paint, uh, <laughs> no one ever pointed it out to him. Like, Pierce, that looks fucking weird. Try and do something a bit maybe, different. Well, maybe that is. Maybe when he stubs his toe, that's exactly the face he gets. Well, it's sort of, it's, yeah, the corners of his mouth spread out as far as possible. Ah. All Titans. <coughs> well, we had Sean, you know, Sean with a signature lisp. Um, George, I don't know. Didn't have a lisp. Well, no, it was you know, kind of speech impediment. I don't know what you would call Jeff it. Bond. Jeff Bond. I don't know. What was his? What was his thing? What was he got Rogers? To be fair, Sean's um, speech pattern wasn't as pronounced when he was younger. No, it got more pronounced with age as he got older. So, what, what would his thing be then? I guess. Yeah. Um, Any feature. Roger just continually came in his pants and was really oily. <laughs> oily. Uh, I, I love Roger Moore, but his Bond was really fucking sleazy in places. It's Moonraker where he's undressing that woman before the. What, what does one do in Rio when? Not that Roger. Let her show some interest first, you know. Not just well your ear. It's probably part of the contract. Like you want to get signed to Michelle, oh, you with Bond. So so I'm have to. Yep. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I just found it a bit sleazy. Shoulder pain. Brosnan's got a bit of that, but he's got um, he's got partly he's got so little chemistry with his leading ladies, it doesn't come off quite the same way. But also, there's a softness to him anyway. As an actor, it's not quite as bad. Look at that, dressed as Lara Croft to go to work, you know, decontaminating things. Weird. Oh, he got a shot. He doesn't feel it. Well, I think that's paid off the uh, the character trait perfectly. I think that's enough, don't you, Chris? Yeah. Yep. No need to do any more now, I wouldn't say. Well, you know, maybe if he like punches like a table through and picks out 
some shards or something. Oh, that would be amazing. <laughs> that would, I think that would make it the best film in the series. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what would be even better? Because imagine, right, I imagine when he makes love to a woman, he probably ain't going to feel anything now, so perhaps some ice would help. <laughs> hang on, hang on a minute. What the, what's the lecture using ice? My goodness, this thing writes itself. <laughs> and actually, it looks like it did write itself. <laughs> I remember, um, I'll point it out in a minute actually, doesn't matter, just wait for a moment, I'll get to the point I was going to make. Um, Beep. Well, I, he, when he went on, he, it, Pierce Brosnan went on TFI Friday around the time this film was released. Um, or I think it was TFI Friday, it was something like that. Although I'm, I'm held back by it. I'm, yeah, I think it was Chris Evans, right near the end of Chris Evans' run on it. And... Um, he said to him, um, he was talking about the sequence and he played the bit where they're climbing up now towards, you know, the surface and him saying Bond and then, you know, shooting up several fucking, you know, hundreds of metres and then saying James Bond. But as she climbs, he said, uh, I'm sure you'll get away with it providing you don't look. And it plays the scene where she's climbing up the stairs and he quite clearly has a lingering look at her ass. Mm. Chris Evans pointed it out. So let's have a look because he does the scene. He does. You'll see it in a minute. Incidentally, I think this is probably one of the worst James Bond James Bonds in the series. Bond. Yes. Not James yeah, not Bond. just because he looks at her ass, but largely Bond James Bond. So shut up. He said licks her ass. I don't remember that happening. No. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Rimmer. Um, the, the, <laughs> um, I agree, and it's because they've over fucking thought it. Mm. It's not that hard. Just say Bond, James Bond. Sometimes we'll... Not Bond, James Bond. Oh, he does have a good yeah, look, yeah, doesn't he? Yeah, that was it. Yeah, yeah he does have a good look. Copper knife for brother. Yeah, which I think is disgraceful because I'm way more into it. Fake though they are. I think it's the, they've, uh, already, they've already done that as well. They, like, you know, it's normally you do it once in a film, do the line, but they've done it twice. Yeah. Well, yeah, because they crammed in another leading lady, effectively. And the writers have got confused with it because more than one woman in a film isn't unusual, um, but more than one woman, us being convinced, is the leading woman is very much the exception. And he tends to introduce himself to them. And it's confused them. It really has. Having said that, his best delivery of that line was in Goldeneye, and he actually said it to Xenia, not his leading lady. And James Bond, James Bond. I think he should he should go back and have a fucking strong word with Electra in a strong Welsh accent. <laughs> and if not, we'll parody one. Imagine an alternate universe where Tim Dalton's still doing this shit. Where she says there, there, put it on the wall screen. Firstly, that's a weird wall screen because there's two of them and it's portrait. But also, Judy Dench, as good as she is, always made it sound to me like she'd never heard of such technology. Put it on the wall screen. It was just, it's just not very well done. I mean, like it, it, it does sound lame, but you know, you, you know, it, it is exactly what it sounds like. It is. No, I know. It's just, <laughs> it, it's just 
occasionally you'll meet people who aren't very good with technology mm. and when they reference technology they sound awkward you should go you should have a bloody good word with her now give her a stern fucking talking to oi bitch I've just been talking to some big titted woman <laughs> I stared at her ass I stared at her ass I always find that laughable how Pierce Brosnan just knocked him out. Yeah, because Pierce Brosnan clearly has the build that would knock people out with one punch. Surprised. Maybe I should ask you. He's so petulant here. There you go. After all, there's no point in living if you can't feel alive. Isn't that right, Elijah? Isn't that your motto? He says motto like that for some reason. Motto, <laughs> I know he goes posh on that one word. That's what you know all about it. You know about my shoulder. That's like a bit of hurt to me. That's Drop the act. It's over. Don't you? Not going to be Sophie. Oh, all right then. Sorry. Oh, that's going to be Shackton. If you don't know, Stockholm syndrome. What? See, Comedy see, Bonds, Bonds learn pretty quick, really, isn't he? Like, oh right, well, you're the villain, and and she just goes, well, that doesn't actually prove anything because he could he could have found out all those things without me telling him. And he's like, all right then. Yeah. <laughs> but again, the postulation is that it's Stockholm syndrome, and actually, that that kind of isn't borne out by the film. Pierce Brosnan is shit. It's being slapped acting. He, he, had, he had the reaction his head shot. just shoots to the fucking right with it. It just looks awful when he's slapped. Use your exact words. She kind of changes the subject there. But she has a point. If she was innocent here, it would be like, hang on a minute. You knew he was after me. The point, uh, used her as bait. Missing the point that he fucked off out last night as well. Oh, you'll be safe here. She's not safe anywhere. That's the point. Mm-hmm. But it's also channeling like her 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 emotion and like almost like a motive for revenge, almost like using me as bait. <laughs> Same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Using me as bait. Well, you smell a fish. <laughs> <laughs> well, come on, there's a time and a place for that. Yep. Denise Rich is there for no reason whatsoever. Yeah. What? What? Alright, yeah, it's a bit of that. <laughs> They're old friends, so she will, of course, address her as M. Well, no one's not known to know her name, are they? Which is bullshit now, because we now Yeah, know. but in the job, in the job, fair enough. Which but, is bullshit um, now, because... For we, example, we... I reckon her husband would probably know her name. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they still have a personal life. Yeah, but yeah, but you're not allowed to utter it like in the presence of yeah. maybe. Yeah. Um, but but it's kind of daft now. Like now we all know M's name now. 
well, the current M, which is Maori. So, to what end? I love that. Why would she attack her own pipeline? We the writers really haven't worked that out yet. So you know, it's like I don't know yet. But in fact, there's no real good reason. So fuck it. And in fact, there's no need to. There's absolutely no need to do that because the whole point of irradiating Istanbul later is because three of the lines go through that and hers doesn't. There's absolutely no need for this sequence except to cram in another action sequence and give Denise Richards something to do. So you're saying this film could have been shorter? I'd, it's not the length of the film that's particularly a problem because this is pretty average Bond film length, just a shade over two hours, two five to two ten, something like that. It's about average, I'd say. It's more the fact that you can set the, your watch by action sequences in the Brosnan era and it's not doing the era any favours. We understand modern filmmaking's got quite a lot of action in it. I think quite often for this type of film, it's got too much action in it. But the Brosnan era is much time for another action sequence. And this one is so contrived, it's painful. There's absolutely no need for this at all. Because they had no idea. Bond goes to try and do something about it, yeah? Mm. But the only reason he goes to do something about it is he's got a nuclear physicist with him. But she can't know that she would be there and that they would go there and that M would definitely have gone to her as well. She's gambled on this happening for lo for loads of things to come out of this that she can't know would happen. Uh, it's always a thing in films where you, th where you just think, hang on, how would they know that would happen in, in you know, for certain? I mean, it's forgivable in that if you, if you give it all the, the leaps that like they would know, but even then, it, it's very much a contrived action sequence, and the Brosnan era is really, really bad for that. For not, for nothing feeling organic, nothing feeling mm. like, you know, the plot has taken us to another action sequence. I think it's large because that um, Goldeneye did well and was well received and thought oh okay well yeah Goldeneye was cheap as well so a, a lot of it is they, they're throwing money at it now so they can do these big set mm. pieces part of it is they've got like a bigger sandbit to play in there and it's not in and of itself a terrible sequence but it's just it, it is a little bit pointless I reckon on paper it probably sounded like really, like a really cool sequence, but looking well, at it now, it, it, it well. doesn't look very like it. Just all right. Well, Bond's just on a thing, and he has to disarm this thing, and then jump off it, and then jump off it. It's not like an actual like car chase where you can actually get involved in the action. It's just like. Bunch of people no. looking at a screen and oh look at that! He, he can he can have some fun while he's there. Becca thoughts. Oh, sexy scene. Yeah. Yeah, this title scene is just is very cheesy for me. Um, <laughs> I just cringe the, all the way through it. The film's collapsed by now a bit. Hasn't it really it? has collapsed. <clears throat> but it's a sign of you know, I, I, it's, it's so much of it is 
the relationship. Well, I, 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 I do think the um, the language she goes, "Oh, somebody's going to have my ass," and, and Bond's like, "Well, first things first. I think that's quite funny." Yeah, they put that in the trailer. Yeah, that was yeah, that's a big, a big laugh line for me. What I love is right <clears throat> in the sort of family-friendly version of it, they'd say, "Someone's going to have my butt," because like oh, yeah, that's, yeah. that's just so much better. Don't say ass like that would imply anal sex, whereas butt, no. No. It's weird. Strange morality around different cuts of the film, but yeah. They did stick that in the trailer and it was just first things first and it looked really cool and it looked fun. I was looking forward to this a lot and I really, really liked it at the time because I, I felt GoldenEye was alright, but it was more that it was promising, more than it was inherently good. And like Tomorrow Never Dies always felt like um, a paint by numbers Bond film. It's not terrible, but it's just. It's, there's nothing particularly outstanding about it. And so by the time this came out, there was some real heart and emotion in it, which kind of led me to kind of overrate it a bit, I think. I always thought he's an odd looking, like, bodyguard slash henchman back dude. Well, the thing is, he immediately looks like a henchman. <laughs> Just give it away a bit. But he doesn't have any like sort of charisma, like or memorability of that um, memorability. What the fuck are you talking about, Chris? You know, it's not. It's not like a Jaws or an odd job where he's like, you know, has some character to him. Definitely, but I think that quite often and again, they he do just it looks a like a boxer scene. with a bad wig. I, I felt that they were trying. Brosnan here is a bit greatest hits anyway, and I just think they put. You know, he's got a bit of odd job about him. He's got a little bit of Jaws about him because he's so large. Um, and when you look at Stamper, he's got a bit of Red Grant about him, and I just think they stuck people in to almost evoke other eras as opposed to mm. stand on their own two feet. Having said that, I mean he's he's got he doesn't have much in the way of lines or anything, so I mean it's not offensive, but you do look at it and think, well, you haven't really done anything with that, have you? Yeah. But then, you know. It, it would get get confused if uh, Bernard's got his own henchman and she's got her own henchman, but he's her henchman. And, yeah. The other thing is, it, it's a sign of how far we've come in the Craig era that we expect Bond to get a bit battered up now. Um, him having a dodgy shoulder was, I think, the first time in the official series that it had been like, yeah, he's vulnerable, even though. They do nothing with it except occasionally, you know, Re- reference that it hurts. Paint. Yeah. Well, you all about the shoulder? Well, yeah, it, it is basically just like a plot point to, to something to sort of say, oh, right, well, it's something that Bond can say that no, it's something that someone can say to Bond that he can go, oh, hang on, that that's weird. Because look at him now, he doesn't feel like he's wounded. And he's just <laughs> literally survived the explosion. No, but you just had a moment where he got out of the, the tunnel, which looks really... That doesn't look like a real accident's happened there. You see it sometimes when you see things that have been burnt, mm. and it looks like they've been sort of made up to look burnt as opposed to really burnt, which they have, of course. And you look at all the fire there and the actual damage at the end of the pipeline, it doesn't look real at all.
Oh well, at least he's got Lara Croft to help him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Beluga. What's the Caspian? A line to you, a terrible thing. Always nice to see Istanbul. It's funny, you know, just that they would never have set out to make Istanbul a big thing in this series at all. But of course, from Russia with Love's kind of iconic, and mm. it just turned up every you know every now and again. So when it goes there in Skyfall, it's like Istanbul's a thing in the Bond series. All of a sudden, you know what I mean? It's mm. not all of a sudden, but when it comes back again, it reminds you that the series has some history with that place. <clears throat> you know, it's a bit like uh, Tangier in, in Spectre. You immediately think of the Living Daylights. Yes, definitely. Where in um, where's Bond ha- hasn't been? Well, why is there? What? <laughs> where hasn't he been? Woof. <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry, where hasn't he been? He's never been to Australia. Bond down uh, under. He's never no. he's gone down on some women, but he's never been down under. It's not it's, uh, not, it's not very a Bondish destination, though, is it? But. Oh, you can't imagine. What's it going to be at the heart of? It's so far away from anywhere. Um, I don't know that he's ever been to Canada. Can't think of that. No, he's been dozens... to America very often, has There'll he? Be... Yeah, but he's been there. He's, he's been, been there. there. He's been there fairly often. Oh, but right? so they've never been. Okay. Bond's never gone to Washington. Yeah, it doesn't work with places he's been merely four times. That doesn't yeah, mean... Um. Bond in Hollywood. Yeah, where, where hasn't he been? Many, yeah, Australia, New Zealand? I can't hear where hasn't he been without thinking woof at the end. Why, <laughs> <laughs> um, like, where haven't I been? <laughs> woof. Um, Ireland? <laughs> He's not been to Ireland. <laughs> Cornwall? <laughs> <laughs> Basically, the Blatant, like the, the blatant and glamorous. Middlesex? He's not even stopped into there to watch Unbreakable! <laughs> phone, phone up the movie line. Well, he's been see. to Scotland, so they ticked that off the say list. Say that and see what happens. Yeah. Wales? Stop into Wales. 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 I'm not laughing at Wales particularly. It's just like <laughs> pulling that out of nowhere. But uh, you know, it's a glamorous location. Well, you know, he's been to Scotland, so why not Wales? I don't know. It's just. <laughs> but we Bond was half Scottish. What would be an excuse world, for Wales? He's never been to me. <laughs> um, Dalton was Welsh. Yes, and he was the That's best true. one. So. I don't know. It well, he went to he went to uh, He went to where? Hiddenfee. Well, the girls are pretty. Yeah, take me down to the Hiddenfee. <laughs> President Pedro Arminder is junior. So beautiful. Oh, look, look what we have here. Is he going to pull some ice cubes now? Yeah. 
And I don't even have a stiffy. They don't put classy dialogue like that in this. I, th I do believe... Oh, the there's no point in living if you can't born. feel alive and you can't feel anything. Oh, the irony. Yes. And, but it's also that he's about to, you know, <laughs> fulfill all of his ambitions in the crime world. And so it's like he's at his most alive as he's closest to death. Mm. Themes unshit. Themes unshit. Oh, he's just punched the table. But what I want to know is it like he's basically so he he's like willing he's basically sending himself to die. But what about his men? Are they all like, yeah, okay, we'll die for your love life? <laughs> as long as as long as you get your dick sucked, we're quite happy to die. <laughs> Can't say fairer than that. You've been a good boss to us. We don't mind dying <laughs> with you. We don't mind dying for your psycho bitch crazy girlfriend. <laughs> Where's that hand going? I think it's technically known as touching her twat. <laughs> Technical term. Sorry to blind you, but that was Dave's science corner for this episode. Dave's science corner. Yes. Which is something we talked about in previously recorded but as yet unreleased episodes thanks to our fucked up schedule. <laughs> We're calling back to the future. See? Great Scott. Mm. Oh. This does not look like a set. It really doesn't. No, I think he means it does. Actually, I do. Yeah, ironically, um, I do love his line at the very end of the scene. What the insurance company? Insurance company never, really, never going to I have to this. admit, as on paper, you'd expect me to hate that line. I laughed. Did it out loud. I laughed out loud. I liked it. I still quite like it. I, I, I think when you read it on paper, it's, it sounds like a really dumb line. But when you when you see it in context, it's like it, it's like speaking for the audience, where you think like, how much does this fucking cost in damages? And it's well, just having yeah, said that, yeah, but that as well, Chris. But not only that, you you we've all got contradictions in our fandom because it's not the sort of elements I like Bond to be funny, by the way, but. We just disagree on, or well, not you and I, but me and some of the fan base disagree on what is funny. People see Casino Royale's really dire. I think it's, uh, uh, sorry, it's serious. And I think it's got some really funny lines in it. I don't see it as a, a, a dour film. That was the word I was looking for. Um, on paper, I shouldn't like this line, but, you know, there are contradictions occasionally. You know, Roger in Octopussy, a film I famously loathe, said no on with the economy tour that's a cheesy line when his life's just been in danger but I found it funny that's mm. quite funny it's, so it's, there, there it's are how he delivers the line it's like no I'm with the economy tour yeah um, and, and here the insurance company he says it with such gusto as well it really does so, so yeah I'm, you know there are always the things where you think, you think well actually it's a bit of a contradiction because theoretically I shouldn't like that but I do and yeah that's one of those lines but I think this is a this is the character in microcosm. They, she was put there to look um, hot to distract him, and that was it. 
and later on he says something about um, uh, something about um, the caviar and she says sour cream or something and it's just such a forced line from someone who's not really an actress well she is an actress but she was kind of a model really wasn't she I was trying to think what 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 was she in before, like what was what, kind well, of... I think Wild Things predated this. Yeah, but was she in something before? I mean, I know she was in um, Drop the Gorgeous the same year. I don't know. I'll look her. Up. I mean, I think she started off in. Did she start off in Playboy and things like that? I don't know. Let's have a look. Um, so going back a bit towards when this was made. So, just sort of thinking as an adult, and we'll, she was in various. She was in the odd episode of lots of well-known series. Um, but if I look for the first thing where it's more than an, a couple of episodes, you know, guesting, the first thing I can see there that's major is Starship Troopers. That was it. Yeah. Mm. But she's got a few things in post-production now. You know, they're not necessarily massive, but she's still working. I didn't... Uh, it's funny because I wouldn't want them to go back to BMW now, but I think because the series had been away for so long, and Aston's weren't as big a thing by the end of the Dalton era. I know he had one in Daylights, but he only had the one. Roger never drove one, so they hadn't really been a big thing. So when they came back with BMW, it was like fair enough. I was never really bothered by cars. I was just like, yeah, okay. Right. I was actually more concerned about the gadgets on them. I was like, I'm a good like uh, set pieces. It's part of the branding now, though. Hmm. You know, he, he's meant to drive Aston Martins. I think had they put Dalton in something else that had been distinctive, say Dalton had driven Jaguars then perhaps it would have established that the Bonds, you know, could have different cars and maybe each Bond would be associated with a different one because we do associate Roger with Lotuses. Mm. Even though it's only in a couple of films, we do associate him with Lotuses. Well, it's only really one film. You know, you barely used any other film, isn't it? He, yeah, he does have one in For Your Eyes Only, though. Mm. But he's put this uh, rather extreme anti-theft device on it. <laughs> I mean, can you like, imagine, can you imagine discussing that at the dealership. Okay, so uh, you know, optional extras. So we can put these seats in, and they're heated, and yeah, brilliant. Uh, sound system. We can put cassettes in, or just a radio, or whatever. Right? Okay. Security. Now, I imagine security is important. We're doing be a lot of traveling areas you don't know. Yeah. Well, we've got this anti-theft device that we can put on it. Well, we we can just have an alarm, but for an extra two thousand uh, pounds, you can put on uh, a device. It's really clever. If someone tries to break the window, it will blow it's, up. Yeah. If, if someone just like brushes by it. <laughs> yeah. 
it, it will explode, instantly killing them. Yeah. How great well, is that? Well, it'll give you... Uh, it'll, thanks, that will give me tremendous peace of mind. <laughs> No. Now, just sign, sign here and say that we're, we we know uh, no uh, repayments for any damages to your car should it be broken. <laughs> should the anti theft device work as it certainly should do. But we will give you a complimentary Nissan Micro while we try and assemble the 10% of it that survived. Nissan Micro. My first car was a Nissan Micro. Oh, nice. Thanks. <laughs> I always thought it made me a bit of a man about town. Yes. The ladies love it. Mine um, was a Vauxhall Corsa. That's some dodgy fucking effects there. Which A Vauxhall Corsa is the same sort of car, really, isn't it? Although I had a slightly earlier Nissan Micro, but yeah. Becca's first car was a bus, wasn't it? <laughs> it probably, yeah, probably won't be right. You can't drive, can you? It's quite easy, you just sort of turn the wheel and press stuff with your feet, piece of piss. Just make sure you don't hit anything. Yeah. No, but I've already really done, so that suffice. Um, <clears throat> no, I don't know what my first car will be. It most likely might be a bike. Depends how long it's going to be. It may be a self-driving one. It might be, at this rate. Mm. I'll sit back and go... Uh, I don't know, home. James and it's where the it's horses... It's the all-sour cream line. It's like, why give her a line there particularly? Yeah, it's a bit useless. She's a bit useless. But it isn't all her fault. I am with Chris on that. He could be really harsh on her. She was approached to do a Bond film, or she auditioned for a Bond film, whichever way round, and the studio said, yeah. And the thing is, they they like a bit of stunt casting. This is why I don't hold Eon Sacrosanct as good of a job as they've done. They, They fuck things up occasionally. And they cast her here. They cast Halle Berry in the next one. They cast Terry Hatcher in the previous one. They are not averse to just putting fucking whoever in because they seem unsure of their audience. But she does try. She doesn't just sort of turn up and just be shit callously. She does, Mm. like, give it a go. She She does, and they always do. I can't think of a Bond girl who just didn't Hmm. make an effort. I mean, you know, Tanya Roberts as Stacey Sutton. She worked very hard in the role. She wasn't very good, but she did her best. Jinx works really hard. You know, mm. or Halle Berry, obviously, as Jinx works really hard. Oh, well, Halle Berry. <clears throat> She's crap, but she works hard. She does. No, she really does. Catwoman is fun to watch. No, it ain't, is she? <laughs> yeah, that's why it's fun to watch. <laughs> She, when she's in the outfit and she's walking along, meant to be all feline. pants. She's pulling blue steel. She's yeah, she really her, is. Her face is permanently Derek Zoolander. Hasn't Halle Berry been good in some things now? Well, she was very good in Monsters Ball the previous year. X Men, generally. Well, the previous year to that, she's crap in X Men, Becca. I don't know where you've said <laughs> that before. What is it you're seeing? She's bloody awful in them. The, 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 the line, line, line she give us about like what happens when a toe gets hit by lightning. Classic. Yeah. And she did that terrible accent in the first film. No, it's just it's just bad performance, but it's fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, she was in Monsters Ball the year before Dino the Day, and she's outstanding in that film. And I know, 
I don't think anyone could convince me otherwise. I think that's a really great performance. She deserved her. She deserved her Oscar. Boston Vein a very uh, light. They always put him in a suit. That suit cost about seven thousand pounds or something like that. Fuck off, that, really? That, that, yeah, that suit was handmade for him. I remember reading something about it. Having said that, I read it probably north of a decade ago, so I could have misremembered I... any of the details. But the point is, they put him in some expensive suits, and this was one of them. I just think I mean, I'm sure it is a nice suit, but it doesn't look. It's, it's not seven thousand pounds worth. <laughs> I mean, like I mean, I mean, to be honest, that looks like off the rack at M and S. I can just imagine. It looks a little better than that, but I can just imagine. Do you know what I mean? I, like... I, I can hear David Brent in my head where they say to him, like, who did you suit? And he just goes, like, Sergio Giorgini. Sergio <laughs> <laughs> Giorgini. It's also, I think, one of the things I like about the Craig era that he's not wearing a suit everywhere he goes. Yeah. But yeah, it's like, probably, there's, it's no, like, there's no reason for you to like, keep wearing a suit. He's, yeah, he's, he's fed up with not being able to breathe in the fucking thing. <laughs> this is only a problem <clears throat> from Skyfall onwards. It wasn't a problem in his first two films. Honestly, at the time, I was so disappointed by Quantum of Solace. I really was, and I had a tough time watching it in the cinema. And I'm not going to suddenly try and retcon it as a great film, but they threw the baby out with the bathwater. They changed mm-hmm. direction and everything about the change of direction. I, was, I wish they'd just carried on that whole Quantum arc and kept dressing him like that and just kept on with the whole style of his first two. But the point, yeah, I think you had time as well. I mean, possibly if the they is, just... Though, ca- most people disagree with me. The thing is, Spectre <clears throat> at Skyfall is regarded as, you know, the, this great, beautiful Bond film. It's not. And actually, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't think it is. I think there's some great shots in it, by the way. But it's very washed out. They're dressing him in too tight a, a clothing. He's got that stupid fucking buzz cut. Um... It's too, it's too navel gazy. It's just it's too, too like, it's too it's, like it's, knowing it's, as a Bond film. It's too like, look at me, I'm a, I'm a superior M&S quality brand yeah. Bond film. You know, look at me. You know, and, that, and I think it's that part of it. it. Just thinks, oh, just no. I mean, you you have more problems with it than me. But all I'm saying is, I do believe Skyfall is a better film than Quantum of Solace. I can't really argue any different. No, but, I mean, I, I, I can't argue with that too much. But I, think... but I would still have preferred an extrapolation of where we were after Quantum of Solace. Mm. Carry that on. Don't panic because it wasn't brilliant. But they threw everything away. Skyfall feels like, feels like a different era to the first two. Yeah, I mean, the problem is she had such a huge gap as well. That didn't help, to be fair. I mean, had they carried on like two years straight afterwards, yeah, yeah, you you would have done like as as we both wanted to. Um, yeah, 
I mean, even so, I mean, even so, I, I, I think for all of our problems with Skyfall, we recognise it's extremely popular. We do. I do think it's a superior Bond film in that it is in my top ten. I do um, just. I mean, only just, but it is. Um, I, I do recognise that you know it will be one of the name Bond films in decades to come. So I don't. I can't knock it too hard. But the very the fact that its end result may be good and better than Quantum of Solace doesn't mean you were on the wrong path with the first two he did. Mm. That's all I mean. I mean, you could have still could have done Skyfall and then jumped straight back in Quantum, couldn't you? Yeah, you could have. Just, I thought that's what they were <clears> going to do. I thought that was their attempt to do Goldfinger in his era. Because Goldfinger was outside mm. of the whole Spectre arc. Yeah. But of course they fucked that up, Inspector, by saying Silver was a Spectre agent, which absolutely no way. No, I didn't know how that fits in. <clears throat> anyway. I mean, you can. I think we've said this, but I mean, like, we can always buy it. Like, you can always buy the fact that, um, yeah, okay. In terms of like, Quantum was part of Spectre, all right. But there was just there was just no need for it as well. I mean, like, why did you have to? Tie... It's also the moment you think about it because if you go back to the events of Casino Royale, and I won't say it all again because. People have heard it on other podcasts, and I don't want to repeat too much. But the fact that it went as far as the card game was happenstance. If Bond hadn't stopped the plot at Miami, and that see the very fact that they ended up at Casino Royale with Vesper there and assigned to him was was happenstance. It was pure luck. You couldn't have pre-planned that. But anyway, back to Brosnan being strapped into a sex toy. <laughs> One last screw. What the thing? What is this designed for? Is it designed for like a bit of sort of asphyxiation play? And is but, it a sex toy? That's a uh, torture device, isn't it? Yeah. Fair enough. Um, I mean, it could be. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, but I'm just happy we get to see a lot more of Boston uh, Painface. Pain he's yeah. pulling it already, and he's like not even started yet. Nothing's happened yet. He pushes his bo- he puts the bo- he pushes his bottom jaw out. That's part of it. He pushes that out slightly, and he pulls the corners of his mouth back. It's just sweet. It's weird. Is his pain face? And do you know what? I don't think I'd ever even noticed it. I think it got pointed out to me. And once it had been pointed out to me, it was like, fuck, it's ruined. A couple of things have ruined his bond. In fact, the biggest thing that's ruined his bond is Daniel Craig. But um, to, a couple of things have ruined it within the films themselves. And one of them is that. And the other one is the narrowing his eyes and pursing his lips. He does that all the time. He's so limited as an actor. We could do better than this if we sort of, you know, did a bit of weight. <laughs> Ugh. She's she's got a funny ear. But it's a good should... trait, though. I, I do I do like that, like slight disf- disfigurement. Yeah, like. I do. And, and I thought they did it perfect in Casino Royale. Everyone says it's not, but of course, he, he is so quintessentially a Bond villain. Mm. And um, yeah, that just little eye thing. Was perfect. I, I do think Silver's was a little bit forced. Yes, I agree with that. I, d- I don't even know that's how cyanide works, to be honest. But all right. 
I still think Silver's one of the better villains of that era. I mean, I do. But, um, it's yeah. largely down to the actor, though. But again, that's happenstance as well, because if, if they'd gone to lockdown and decided to go somewhere else, or put him in a different cell, I can't believe they've only got one cell down there, you know? And mm. it's also reliant on Q plugging that laptop into the network. If he hadn't done that, too much of it is happenstance. They, I, I get annoyed when they've got so many minds on these scripts and they, they fail at. It's basic just a bit things. hard to believe as well. Like sort of like, so so that some of that technology can plant, you know, can instantly hack into something just by plugging it into the internet. I, it's but just something if, a little bit hard to believe. Even if you gave it that pass, um, there there is, there is a ridiculous amount of coincidence needed mm. for it to work. It, it's not a very clever script, Skyfall, for all the praise it got. What is praiseworthy about Skyfall is, as much as I don't like its look, it tried to look a bit different. And it Ooh, tried a different face. approach. Pain face. Ooh, James. Guns oh, firing. It's a shame, really, because Brosnan's pretty good in this film, but he's obviously terrible any time he does the pain face. So one of his last scenes in the film is this. You know, it's in the last few minutes, and he's really shit in this scene. I was actually gutted Sikowski died because I thought he was going to be his lighter. I was expecting mm. him to sort of in the next film. There was there's, there is a kind of like a shame as well. So mm. that's like you think, oh, yeah. Um, but also he does go out like a bitch. He does a bit, yeah. It's like bring it to me. Well, it's not only that. Look at the way Electra stood with that. It's bloody obvious what's happening. Yeah. And Brosnan pulls the same expression he pulls for everything else. But yeah, it's one of the more stylish of his era. I, I quite like the costume design and stuff like that in this film. And the mansion she lives in and stuff. In you know, it's um, it's quite a nice looking film mm. in places. Doesn't have the wildly. It's got good production design and good costume design. Not necessarily the greatest sort of script. Uh, and also, this could have gone horribly wrong. What have you missed and just shot him in the leg? <laughs> yeah, that doesn't look that doesn't look like the most accurate of shots. No, it doesn't. But it was absolutely bang on. It's quite a complex motive as well. It's like, like oh, I could get revenge myself, but I but know. I but yeah, I mean, he could have just fucking shot her, and probably crawled over and got him out of that just about. Mm. But anyway, don't matter. Oh, he's dead. Oh dear. I love how he saves them as like an afterthought. This is Bond! a bit. Oh, like... fuck you, yeah. This is a bit like, this reminds me partly because I'm going up a staircase, but it kind of reminds me a bit of the Batman film in that they're running up there and you're never quite sure why. Mm. None of the, it, it, the film collapses in the second half. I don't know why they're doing any of this. And, and, when he get, and when he gets there, it's like, you wouldn't hurt me. You wouldn't shoot, kill me, I think she says. And it's like, on what basis have you come to that conclusion? 
You've got no reason to believe that. And he shoots her quite easily. And the film tries to add some gravitas to it by having him stand looking a bit mournful over her for a second. And maybe that's true, because I think he did fall for a bit, but he had no difficulty shooting her by this point. He realises he's been crossed. He realises she's evil. He realises her plot's going to kill millions of people. He has no trouble shooting her. None. Well, it seems we don't have, they don't have that much as much time as you think they do in the film. Nobody falls for her. The, yeah. the script definitely tells us earlier that he is falling for her. He's not wanting to fall for her, and he does anyway. So... I kind of buy all that. That's all right. I mean, I do like how it how it does play, but I think we could have had the script could have been better to justify it a little bit more, like just to make it make us feel it a bit more. It feels like... like a different character when she suddenly is going, "You won't shoot me." Oh, she's I'm like, "Where the fuck she's... did that come from?" Yeah. Go on, shag her, Pierce. She's dead. You love all that. You love all that necrophilia shit. Yeah. And M can watch. Wouldn't that be amazing? <laughs> oh, the jacket's coming off. Yeah, he's taking his clothes off to go back in and do her. He just wants to look out and... Oh, all right. He's, he's, he's actually fallen in there. He was taking his clothes off just with a nice view. Was going to go back in and do her and he fell off. And he's like, well, n- now I'm here. I might as well fucking save us. Still, I th- I think uh, Denise Richards should have a lot to offer going forward in this film. <laughs> yeah, she could be the new Tracy as far as, far as I... <laughs> oh, God almighty. I, I reckon he's going to fall right in love with her now. Such a shame. Could have been a really special... This should have been special. This is the only Bond film of the Pierce Brosnan era that I think had the potential to be one of the great ones. Mm-hmm. GoldenEye is two safety first, two by the numbers. I, I you know, I, I understand why people like it. I'm not criticising people liking it, but it, it couldn't have been a top three Bond film, in my opinion. This could have been, but it blew it. Ah, <clears throat> uh, well. He's making himself a nice big sex toy there, look. <laughs> Yeah, penetrating something. Oh dear. So he's got. So it's literally, they all send him to die. All these people, all all these guys working for him, and they, they love it. They're quite happy. Like, yeah, it's your boss. Yeah, yeah. They're all jihadis for the goal to make his girlfriend rich. Do they know they're going to their death? Well, that's that's the thing. It's not established, is it? What's he? What's he? What's he told them? I mean, I do at least like this, and, and I mean, uh, it's one of the things about Dying of the Day that Tamahori did say. He said, well, rather than just the traditional lair, let's try something different, so we'll have it on a plane, and the plane's disintegrated and stuff. This was a different place to finish a Bond mm. film. It was, there's ideas here. I mean, I, I, will, I mean, I will say this, I mean, wait, when I saw this at the cinema, this was kind of a surprise, because you didn't really hit see this in the previews normally the action stuff was in the previews so it, it was wasn't, actually nice yeah, it wasn't really in the trailers they must have shot it quite late and in fact it may even have been a rewrite who knows but it it, it seemed like um, a nice surprise I was like oh quite it's you know 
an action scene we didn't we wasn't aware of. Yeah. It's okay. I mean, it's not amazing, but it's all right. The fight between him and Renard at the end is fucking pathetic, to be honest. Mm. Again, I don't... Uh, it really depends. There's something... It, it depends how you characterise him. Because when I look at him in this film, he looks a little fucking weed, right? But having said that, when you watch him play Begbie or even Albie Kinsella in, in Cracker, he's deeply scary. Mm. So, um, terrifying. There you go. Catch first time. Um, again, a reference from a show we've not recorded yet, honest. Um, <laughs> it's so many uh, of my catchphrase. It is terrifying because Becca thinks everything's terrifying. Um, we talked about it in another show. But yeah, um, they have a fist fight in a minute. Not only that, not only do I not believe these two fucking weeds having a fight, but um, not only that, uh, he looks like he's in pain at different points, and the whole fucking character point is he's, he doesn't feel any pain. Ridiculous. <laughs> He was just mimicking uh, Pierce's face. Plus, let's be honest, right? They put her in a nice white t-shirt and submerge her and her nipples don't even show. What a waste. <laughs> well, well, I don't get, like, you know, you, you know, you know we talk about friends. We've always forever seen their fucking nipples through their tops. Well, Jennifer Aniston's, yeah. It's like, like, did you ever wear bras? Do you know there was a room, there was a, a sort of fan theory that she was cutting nipple holes in her bras so that she looked pert, but her nipples would show as well? Okay. Write to us, sir, to expect <laughs> us to talk at gmail.com if you have any theories on this. We'd love to hear it. You, <laughs> if you like to cut holes in your bras. <laughs> or, gentlemen, in your pants. Well, gentlemen, if you like to cut holes in your bras. Yeah. G- gentlemen, do you have nice norks? Write to us and expect us to talk <laughs> at gmail.com. That's a word I've not heard for a long time. Yeah, you did. It was about five, ten seconds ago. Just now. Yeah. Terrible memory. I just said it. <laughs> the thing is, right, she's meant to be this sort of PhD nuclear physicist, and yet he does he explains not only is he shit casting but he does actually ex- the film's almost a bit meta he explains everything to her there like she's a slow child and you think well actually the actress probably is can you imagine like Bond just die, die, dying being drowned because she like forgets what to do <laughs> yeah what did he say I don't but, know <laughs> was it the green button or the red button but she's all wrong for bonding she is a beautiful woman at this point of her life i'm not actually disputing that but it's it's almost the wrong type of beauty for a bond girl Mm. i don't know how to i don't really know how to explain it because she's not as fake looking as say a pamela european she isn't she isn't like the american go-getter I mean, yeah. you, you can it's have it, but... Say you could, it's not to say you couldn't have an American leading lady. And it isn't because she's got fake tits, particularly. It, I don't quite know what it is. It's almost like too obvious a beauty. I can't really explain it. Sophie Marceau is so much more 
what you'd go for. In looks, it's, it's like so, an, an attribute, I guess, compared. I mean, in, in, in looks, like plastic so, so, surgery and stuff like that. Well, I mean, in look, Leia Sadu is as well. Leia Sadu is a much more natural beauty. Mm. Mm. Okay, we'll, we'll leave that subject there. Why? She well, is yeah, I, I don't know how to, how to describe it. <laughs> Sorry? Compared to like Pamela Anderson or somebody, for example. Yeah. He's I mean, you, would, what you, mean. you would never have cast a Pamela Anderson in a Bond film. Although, I wouldn't have put it past Eon in this era. That's the thing, I'm not denying they've done a great job, but when you talk about Barbara and Michael, they were the people who signed off on this shit. They've made errors in judgement themselves. Uh, th th this still did very well, though, didn't it? I mean, like, was this... Yeah, yeah, this, this was the highest grossing Bond film at the time. I think unadjusted, it was still behind... Sorry, adjusted, it was still behind Goldeneye because it only did about $10 million more than Goldeneye, like, four, four years later. But, yeah. This fight scene is absolute shit. I think the thinking was that they were... Because they were in such a tight environment, it would be, like, maybe a bit like the... Um, Elevator, elevator fight. Yeah, actually, that's a better example. A bit like that, but it doesn't really work. Keep describing the plot to each other so we're informed. Sure. <laughs> yeah, shout at him some more. God, she just screams nuclear physicist to me. Nuclear family, and, brilliant. And he has to put a thing in the thing. Welcome to my nuclear family. See, and not only is that a piss poor line, like the whole of this era, but really I'm aware there's Gallo's humour, but he's just lost the love of his life about 10 minutes before. He's in a nice, yeah, quippy quite, mood now. Not quite fitting. Oh, God, his pain. God, this is shit. <laughs> Look at it. Yeah, I mean, the whole, th whole thing by blowing everything would be pointless now. Or you'd just be like, all right, I'm just going to kill you. Yeah. I'm going to kill you, I'm going to kill her. Perhaps he should have told her straight away. Oh, no, then that, that, he's found No, 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 now he's found out. Busted. Oh, pain face. Epic pain face. How did I never notice this when he was Bond? Because it's so fucking obvious. He's a terrible actor when he's in pain. It's all so overdone. If only I can get a magic... A magic button I can push to pop that out. That made me laugh in Goldeneye where the like, ejector seat button's right by his head just in case you need to headbutt it. Blowy nose. That was just on my line, so I was going to edit it out, but never mind. Now you've, comm <laughs> now, now you've commented, that's staying in. That's canon now, Chris. Since <laughs> we've all been, we've also come to flu or horrible cold yeah, bug that's been, been going around. I've been muting my mic all the way through when I needed to blow my nose, and I couldn't be asked then, but I thought, oh, well, it's just on my line, so I'll be all right. Then Chris calls it out, so we're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's it, the podcast is just ruined now. Podcast has jumped the shot <laughs> just at the point the Pierce Brosnan era did. What if like Pierce like pressed the wrong button? 
you know, like, oh shit, no, that's the middle one, wasn't it? Oh, fuck. <laughs> they've got, they've got oh, they all got poured a nice hot coffee. <laughs> oh, and, and also, that thing would not embed himself in that. That would die. Yeah, bounce off him and then he just puts it back in again. Brilliant. I mean, well, Ridgey was meant to, like, impale him on those other spikes in the end. Yeah. Shout some more Denise. She is working hard. She's thrown herself into this. But she should never have been put in the position. It's a bit like Jake Lloyd, which again tells me tells you what I think of Denise Lewis's uh, Denise Lewis's the heptathlete. No, Denise, <laughs> Denise Richards' intellect that I'm liking her to a nine year old boy. But Denise I, Lewis is infinitely more intelligent. There than are. Um, yeah, I wouldn't say that's true. But anyway, um, the. I, I, I've made fun of Jake Lloyd in the past, but by and large, when I've talked about him, I haven't blamed him. But you know, if you cast him and he's shit, well, you, you're, it's your fault. You cast him, and I feel a bit like that about Denise Richards here. Like she's all wrong for this film, and she's absolutely terrible in it. But she's working hard, and it's not her fault she was cast. Why wouldn't you want to be in a Bond film? <laughs> yeah, especially when you're an actor, you know, it's uh, or actress, or whatever. You know, it's it. It'd be a big boost for your career, wouldn't it? It'd be like, what? Get me in a bomb film? Yeah. Yeah. Back in the era when the biggest thing to send you out off home happy was a shagging joke. <laughs> I love the fact that, like, when, when it finally uh, focuses on them, they're lying pretty immobile until she moves her legs. His sexual technique must just to be to lie on top of a woman and then, I don't know, get off again. That's it. <laughs> I'm just picturing Beers Boss and just like lying, just, just complete on top of the woman, just going, oh! Yeah, that'll do. Do you pay face? Here we go. Oh! Here we go. Oh no, unless it was Roger, it'll be, oof! Oh. Christmas game was here. There we go. There he is giving it riz. <laughs> and also, he's heating up at a worrying rate. Look, him lying perfectly still. Them lying perfectly still is turning them both on so much that they're going deep red. Oh, oh, he's entered her there. Look. Give anybody shunned up, sir. Keeping the British end up, Americans. Oh, the Millennium Bug joke. Yeah, that didn't date at all, did it? No, it didn't. <laughs> Literally five weeks after this was released, we hit like New Year, the Millennium Bug turned out to be nothing, and that was it. Yeah, literally. I remember some early reference to something went wrong somewhere in Italy, but that was it. It was nothing. Companies spent hundreds of millions on it. Now, whether it's the fact they spent all that money that avoided it, I don't know. But the Millennium Bug turned out to be an absolute nothing. Do you do you miss um, the days where, where, where it said James Bond will return and actually gave you the title? Yeah, I'm trying to think when the last time that would have been. Would that have been from A View to a Kill? Would that have been the last one? Or did they tell us the Living Daylights was after A View to I a think Kill? It, I think it was. I think it did say Living Daylights. Mm-hmm. Okay, that would have been the last time, though, because Licence to Kill was an original story. Mm. Yeah, I do um, miss those good old days. Sort of, but uh, James Bond will return is something of its own now anyway. 
Mm. I mean, that, it, it's been doing that yeah, it's always, it's always longer, special. in fact. It's been doing that at least as long. Not on as many films, obviously. But I'm, I'm okay with it. The problem is, knowing the way Eon are at the moment... Where Maybe they feel more efficient with writing the script. Well, they, they'll they be fit, like, know what film they're doing. So be like, well, oh. the problem is now, they, they would, if they wanted to do that, if they decided that was something they wanted to do, we know when they finish the films, <coughs> we're on the next one. That's just the way Eon's been in the last like ten to fifteen years, right? If not longer. So if they finished it, saying Bond will return in and just put a title on, they'd almost have to pull it out of their fucking ass and then retrofit a film to it. And I'd rather they didn't do that. It makes me laugh when you go on forums and people talk about what the next Bond film should be called, and they'll go, you know, it should be called Risico or something. It's like we well, don't even fuck. You, 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 well, Shatterhand's different because that's actually not saying you want the film to be called Shatterhand. That's saying where you want the next film to go, and there's literary precedent for it. But like after Skyfall or something, they'd be saying, "Oh, I want the next one to be called Property of a Lady" and or something. I'm like, well, you don't even know what the next film's about. Do you really want to just retrofit a fucking title to something? It's really, it's a really odd way of thinking. I, I, I want really the want the next Bond film uh, for like Bond to just go to um, Bastards Meet or whatever the fuck that possible lady was. But the point is, name the fucking film based on what the film's about. Bond in New York. That was the one. <laughs> That's how you ended up with stuff like Die Another Day, just fucking meaningless titles. Because you just had to pick something that sounded vaguely like a Bond film. It's a stupid fucking idea. But yeah, had had they had it lined up, or if they decided they were going to do continuation novels, which is a bit dodgy, because basically the plot would be spread faster now. Back in the day, if they said Goldfinger was the next film, all you had to do to not know what was going to happen in the film was not read Goldfinger. But had they not made all the Bond films, right... And they announced at the end of end of, the, end of this one, the next one was going to be Goldfinger. The plot would be so dissected on social media, you'd know every beat of the film within hours. Yeah. You can't do it anymore. That's why you can't do the continuation novels as much as we might like the idea of seeing them. But I guess they can sort of just throw a title out and people, ooh, you know, and be speculation about what that that one might be about. There'd be no yeah, literary but, source to but go the worst, to. Yeah, but that would be fine if they knew themselves. I know. The problem is, if they say the next film's going to be called The Property of a Lady, you've then got to like write a film around a title, which is really fucking stupid. It's like Quantum of Solace. Yeah. <laughs> which you can strain to make work, kind of. But, um... Anyway... That's um, episode um, <laughs> 96. <laughs> Done. I can't wait to see what we'll record next. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have to do a, a quick job on recording it. <laughs> um, yeah. But anyway, we anyway. Go, we should go back to the future. We'll go back to yesterday and record it. <laughs> yeah, literally. Um, right, so to recap, that was uh, going to be put out. That's this is going to be put out in place of the Empire Strikes Back. The Empire Strikes Back will now be paired with the Last Jedi. Whenever we do that, um, we. I like, I like the idea of just to... doing the commentary and then talk about Last Jedi over it. <laughs> <Just like> yeah. <laughs> By the way, what did you think of the Last Jedi? Good. 
brilliant. That's our review. Um, <laughs> uh, so we go on to Back to the Future next. We then go on to a mystery 100th episode commentary, but as we've given away, we've already recorded it. <laughs> then, all things being equal, we would go on to Reservoir Dogs, but if you look at the schedule, it does depend very much on when we decide to do The Last Jedi. Mm. Um, oh, and also we've got Love Actually commentary for Christmas. And we've got our Christmas commentary, although that's outside the numbered, numbering convention anyway. Mm. So that'll just get thrown out whenever. In fact, that'll come out on the morning of Christmas Eve because that's what we did last year. Yeah. Or, or Christmas Eve during the day. So if you did want to watch, not that any of you will, but if you did want to watch a film with our commentary on Christmas Eve, it's available. We did that last year. So we'll record it and put it out on Christmas Eve. But that has no relation to putting anything else out. We, If we were due to put a podcast out the same day, we still would. It's like a little bonus. Um... Okay, so social media, folks. Uh, you can find me at Cinematronics. You can find this podcast at cinematronicscode.uk. Uh, look out for other podcasts featuring Dave on there, because that's all I seem to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Might get, might get around to doing a Justice League com- uh, review. But... I think we're already doing one of those. We, uh, <clears throat> it does need to do our schedule. Yeah, um, you can find me at the Pasty Kid nineteen seventy six on Twitter. And talking of other podcasts, we have all just recorded a smorgasbord. So uh, look up smorgasbord, but the sport, the board bit of the word is spelled B O R E. Well, yeah, poor Pete. We just basically we just basically, well, he invited us on. It's not like we fucking just hijacked. It's basically, the a dude expected to talk, take over. Yeah, um, we recorded one of those recently. We all appear on that periodically. Um, so yeah, that's me, Becca. You can follow us on expected to talk at Twitter. Um, on Twitter at expected to talk. Uh, Facebook.com slash do expected to talk. Same goes for YouTube and also iTunes. And you can also drop us an email at the expect talk at gmail.com. Okay. Okay. Well, so um, what are we I've, doing next? I've got to work out my tenses here now because it's all got confused. So, Becca, let us know what we, we're recorded next. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Do you expect to talk or return with our Back to the Future review series? <laughs>